Hey, Laura Ann Lynn, you're listening to Radio Brendo Man. Welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy, and Phil is on vacation again. So we have a special guest with us, Mr. Brian Apodaca from Zombie Outlaw. How you doing, Brian? Pretty good, pretty good. Not too shabby. Now we got those uh, technical issues taken care of. That's okay. You, you know, things happen. So, um, so you just got back from work, is that correct? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I work overnight, uh, the overnight shift at a hotel here up in LA, Hollywood area. So, all right. So I wanted yeah, to ask you some things about that because that sounds that sounds pretty cool. But but first of all, like um, you you work this night job, but but you're also you also write comic books. Um, your comic book is. I you've, we've had you on the show before, but for our audience that might not be familiar, you write a comic book called Zombie Outlaw. Yeah, Zombie Outlaw, and uh, actually this year at WonderCon, I've got another comic coming out, or at least the first chapter of this comic called Next Man Up. Which Next is, Man Up, uh, what's, what's that? Well, I guess I keep hearing this term in these football games or, or different sports, and so I just kind of stole that term. Uh, but <clears throat> it's basically, uh, the, it's a female lead. She's African-American. Uh, she's kind of like based on... a. Beyonce's sister, Solange, but uh, the one that for beat some up reason Jay-Z? that magazine is lo- <laughs> Sorry, didn't Solange beat up Jay Z? Uh, I think so. Yeah, like in an elevator, they had an elevator yeah. video or something, and there was some drama there. But uh, but yeah, we, we uh, for some reason we got this subscription, this Lucky magazine. It's kind of like I guess a women's or lifestyle magazine or something, and it had Solange on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's kind of an interesting look. So I, I kind of like her look. And then uh, and then this was around the time Interstellar came out. So I kept seeing these ads for Interstellar, which I, I still haven't seen yet. But um, It's boring. Yeah, yeah. here it's kind of long. Like, it's, it's very it's ambitious. It's really long. It's really boring. Um, <laughs> I liked, like, half of it. But you yeah. might like it. I mean, I don't know. Did you see Gravity? No, I didn't. I remember you talking about it. I like Gravity awesome. way more because it was not boring. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you guys were talking about it on Popsicles. or I, Well, Derek didn't like it as much as I did and kind of gave me a hard time about it, but whatever. I liked gravity? it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, what, about, what about the Derek? He didn't like Interstellar. Derek hated though. Interstellar. I only <laughs> sort of hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'm well, starting to think Nolan, that Christopher Nolan's like a like not... Not all that. Well, he seems kind of like hit or miss. Like, but I mean, he does swing for it. You know, he does go for it. So you know, it's yeah. Like, I guess, I guess my problem with him is just like, I don't know. He, it's very like Interstellar was just very long winded, and plus, like, I don't know. I, I could figure it out. Like, there, there's like a, it's not really a twist in like the Shyamalan sense, but it is like a reveal. 
and like he he telegraphed it so huge that it wasn't even a surprise for me. So it didn't really. <laughs> and then there was like this whole B plot that with involving Matt Damon that was completely unnecessary, and Matt Damon's in that movie. Yeah, it's and it's dumb. It's really dumb. I don't want to spoil oh. it for you because yeah. I, get it, I think it's something you should watch. But um, visually, it looks it looks cool visually. Well, I mean, yeah, visually it's nice, but for, that doesn't. I don't know. That's that, that doesn't, doesn't make the story great. Yeah. yeah, and the music's beautiful too. The music's amazing. Yeah, it's just. I mean, and if you're if you're, I mean, McConaughey's being McConaughey. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. We just um, saw one of his car ads the other night. Uh, Laura and I, and she she was started laughing. Never seen those before. The Lincoln. Uh, well, ad? I, I've seen. I think it was a new one or something because I seen the one where he's driving, but then this was like you standing outside the car or something. And uh, <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, Laura started laughing. <laughs> my favorite like, is, is this real. Oh yeah, they're real. They're totally real. <laughs> I mean, my favorite is the Jim Carrey SNL ones, like where Jim Carrey's doing it. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like he's like picking his nose or whatever. <laughs> All right, yeah. so so this new comic, what is it about? It's about this. Yeah, lady. sorry, getting back to that. Okay, so it's it's basically I I thought of I I, I kept getting inundated with these uh, Interstellar ads, and I saw that it had this magazine with Solange, and I was like, okay, Solange in a spacesuit. So it's kind of like the Solange. Uh, female lead, and she's have she's gonna be having space adventures, or she's basically gonna be like the chosen one, last starfighter sort of thing, where they're gonna she they're gonna need her to save the world or the universe or whatever. So, so are you doing that with? And your artist name is <laughs> Benny, right? Ben, yeah, Benny is the zombie outlaw artist. Actually, okay. this is with a different artist. Okay. Um, this is with a British guy. Actually, he did the first. It's only like eight or nine pages, so this at WonderCon we're gonna have a flip book, which we're still putting together now. But um, nice. It's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be like seven pages of Zombie Outlaw three, like a little preview, and then the other the other half is you flip the book over, it's gonna be nine pages of this Next Man Up comic. And so, uh, so yeah, the artist you, for that is really cool though. His how'd you name find the artist? Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um. <clears throat> It actually goes back to Comic Con since you mm-hmm. know we talked about Comic Con last year. Why not? Uh, like, that's where a lot of people find their artists. I know Brian Lynch found the artist when he redid Monkey Man. He found the artist at Comic Con. Yeah, he's, isn't that the guy? Uh, was he doing Bill and Ted's or? He did. Yeah, he does Bill and Ted now. Um, he wrote Minions, which is coming out this summer, and he also did the uh, he did Bill and Ted, and he also did. Um, the um his his new book is um Monster Motors. It's about like cars that are monsters. It's really awesome. It's on IDW. And he also, nice. the Bill and Ted book just came out. Both of those nice. just came out. Everybody should check them out. But yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so you're at Comic Con and you found this British dude. Yeah. Well, there was a long. It's I was in line for a pro pass like five or six years ago. Which is always a. It's a the thing about the pro pass line that bothers me. Is that everybody thinks that they shouldn't have to wait in line because they're like, <laughs> I'm a pro. You know, every year without fail, like yeah. without fail, you'll get in the you'll get in the pro badge line, and there are people trying to cut because they're like, oh, I'm a pro, and we're like, we're all pros. Actually, and... that's what that's kind of how I became friends with this guy. <laughs> there, was, 
there was there was two other guys or, or at least one other guy trying to cut in front of us and I was like dude like there's a line in here man come on and then the, the the guy that was standing next to me was like yeah what's 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 wrong with this guy so finally that guy had to go you know to the back of the line and then so I started chatting with this guy like man what's wrong with these guys cutting the line and uh, this guy's actually Australian but he lives in uh, London and this mm-hmm. isn't the artist that I have actually but this guy's Chris his name's Chris Thompson and he's on some of the panels. Um, He's pop culture hound on uh, Twitter. Okay. And uh, he's like a journalist uh, and he's a comics journalist, and he works or manages or something a store in London, Orbital Comics. And he's a really cool guy. But then I I became friends or kind of friendly with another one of his friends when we went to uh, when we went to Europe, uh, Laura and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then that guy was works at a at a company that this artist is at and I just saw him like retweet some art by this guy and I was like oh hey would you like to do something for me you know with me so so this guy agreed to do you know some some pages for me for this and uh, <clears throat> then I also have a pin up pin up by this really cool artist um, so that's Casper Weingard or Wingard I guess it's WJI or WIJN anyway um, I can send you the link the Twitter link for his handle but um but yeah, he's a really great artist, and I'll I'll send you the cover. You know, I'll email you the cover, or whatever. I guess it doesn't really work for a podcast, but uh, yeah, it's really awesome. And we have uh, a Facebook group now, so you can post that all that stuff there. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Feel free that. to post anything you want to talk about. I'll I give you free reign to pimp your shit. Cool, cool, man, sweet. Yeah, there's don't a, go crazy. I'm just yeah, kidding. yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, um. Then this this other artist I got to do a pinup for it. Um, is he goes by J O Applegate, and he's Bounce X Three on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He he's a really awesome artist, and I really like his stuff. So I'd like to do some actual sequential stuff with him. But he does he posts like all these. He he should be doing comics. Like he should be like an established like guy from Marvel or DC or, or you know or be doing his own stuff. Because he's really good, but he posts like all these basket. I'm I'm big into basketball and stuff, so he posts all these basketball, um, like images. But it's like comic book style art, and it's really mm-hmm. awesome. And so he did a pinup for me for this. And uh, actually, I can't get into it, but he may be doing something for a swag box for <laughs> a certain Benview network. But you guys will have to wait and see what that is. <laughs> So, so you're I, you're excited for WonderCon. We're all excited for WonderCon. Um, I'm fired up. Yeah. You're having you get you're getting you got a table there. Yeah, I got a table there this year. I don't know if I'll be back next year, so I'm really trying to. I mean, I don't know if I'll have a table there next year. Yeah. I might not be able to just the way things are going, but um, but yeah, I'm, I really want to milk as much as I can out of it this year. So where so. your table? Do you know where your table is so you can tell our yeah, audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be in the small press. SP001, or I've seen it SP01, but anyway, it must be at the beginning, front area of small press, and so it's a good location, I think. We asked for them to put us in kind of a, it's always best to be kind of on the corner, on the end of a, of a row, because then you're going to get traffic from both directions, so so we're trying to do that. Cool. Um, well, yeah, if so- any listeners are headed to WonderCon, be sure to go... Um, say hi to you. In, so, Brian, you're going to be there, and is who else is going to be there with you? Yeah, I'll be there. Gonna... Benny will be there. 
a couple of you guys will probably stop by. And, You're gonna make uh, your, your wife gonna be helping you out. My wife will be in Greece. She might be there oh. Saturday or something. Oh yeah, your wife's like a world traveler, and sometimes yeah, year, she sometimes she Africa, takes you think, with you, or... and sometimes she doesn't. Is that how that works? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we we haven't. I, you're always talking about going to China. I've never been to China, so maybe we'll go there. So your wife's point. a teacher, right? But, Am I getting that wrong? Yeah, she teaches at a, a fancy school here in in L.A. She used okay. to teach at a Catholic school, which wasn't as as fancy, but now it's like a real fancy so school. So is that like her spring break, and that's why she's going on vacation? Yeah, she gets a lot of time. Yeah, she got like two yeah. weeks off or whatever. Yeah, so Phil's, Phil's wife is a teacher, so that's why they're on vacation right now because it's her spring break. So they're wow, on. Yeah. Uh, they're on. A, they went on a since they went already went on a. This is so ridiculous. I feel I, I always have to explain Phil's life because it doesn't make sense to normal human beings. It, it sounds but, awesome. <laughs> um, but so Phil's wife is a teacher, and um, yeah. they so they go on and then they go places. They don't just sit around in the house when yeah. they're on vacation. They make the most of it, which I think that's awesome. But then every once in a while they go on these other random vacations. Like, for instance, just recently Phil's mom graduated. We already talked about this on the show, but Phil's mom graduated from, got her bachelor's degree, and the graduation ceremony was in Florida. So they flew out, Phil and Janelle and their kids. And um, so they just got back from that, like, seriously, like three weeks ago. But because Dad, you're they're already talking about how he's on his never-ending vacation sort of thing. Yeah, as Mario Flowers, our listener, likes to say, vacation from what? Because Phil doesn't have a. I mean, Phil doesn't. Phil doesn't have a nine-to-five job. But as I've, especially as I've learned, having yeah. witnessed Phil's life, it is a. It's a twenty-four hour job, um, being yeah. a dad, and his and his kids are seriously genius kids. Um, yeah, he's got so, kids. That's a lot of time and, right and he's there. He's doing a really good job with them. Like his daughter can, she's in second grade and she can read at like a fifth grade level. She's a freaking genius. Yeah, I, I I don't blame anybody for for spending time with their kids. I mean, that's yeah. probably more important than any other yeah. things. You know. <laughs> so and I and you know especially like growing up not having that that like. Constant, like I don't know. I mean, constant supervision, I guess, is that can be like a not so great thing. But at least having a parent around, like I didn't really have that. I mean, my mom worked at home, but she was working. So, but Phil not, seems pretty supportive. Like, like he Phil's would be super like, supportive and awesome. Like he does, he doesn't seem like the the type to really like be so hardcore and strict that he would impose yeah. all his views on them. You know, like definitely like he's not. Them, definitely like he's not. Be who they're gonna turn into, you know. Yeah. Like for instance, okay. we've already discussed. Like I'm like, what are you gonna do if one of your kids is a total jock? <laughs> and he's like, I won't be able. I'm not probably not gonna be able to keep up with him, but I'm not gonna. He's gonna support that. He's already said. I made sure. Cause I mean yeah. that could, that's a that's a reality that all geek dads face is that yeah. there's. But but so far, I mean, right now, I think he's doing pretty good. Cause all Luke ever wants to do is play Zelda. So <laughs> he is his father's son, but um, so they're they're on vacation um all the time, and they just so they just went on their spring break, which because they went on this giant Disney World vacation, they kind of dialed it back a bit, and they went on a road trip. So they're like in the San Luis Obispo, and then going up to like Morro Bay and Pismo Beach and oh. all that stuff. So oh, just that's doing cool. that. I like Morro yeah. Bay. Morro Bay 
is awesome. Yeah, um, one of my friends, longtime listener of the show, Justin Weeby, moved up there. He seems to like it. And yeah. uh, but the other thing, so so yeah, so your wife is going to Greece, and she went to where? So she went to she ended she went to South Africa. Did she like that? Yeah, she went to Africa. Well, not South well, Africa. Not, she not went South on Africa. Safari, I think like Kenya and a oh, couple like of one of those trips. Okay. Yeah, she went, and then. Last, I think that was two years ago, and I think last year she went with her sister to Galapagos. She's wow. a biology teacher, so that's, you know, right up her alley. So, yeah, she does all this crazy stuff. I guess, you know, we don't have kids yet, so she's trying to do all the world traveling now. She's, she's guys, kind of an good. For your honeymoon, <laughs> you went to Peru? Is that we right? went to Peru. That was pretty awesome, yeah. That was, they had this place, like, with these sandwiches, it was called like monstros or something. These monsters, they're like monster sandwiches. That was awesome. But um, I know a little bit about Peru because I did a report on the Inca Indians. And so oh did yeah, you get to yeah, go? Did, did you yeah. go to Maku? Did you go to Lake Titicaca? That's still my no. Favorite. She wanted to go, but I was That's like, the best like, name for a place in the whole entire world. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that is. Uh, it's kind of the bell beaver of lakes, I guess. You know. All right, that's another thing we got to talk about. I got a list of things I want to talk about with you. Um, but you you talk about how you met this dude, you're a comic book artist in line. I think that's funny because you you're it's you're you're like the one of the most outgoing dudes I've ever met at, like in those situations because that's how we met. Was you talking yeah, to little, me? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't like when we met, I remember we no. didn't really talk. I was like, oh, I should have talked to that guy, you know. Yeah, but, but like you made you you. I'm not one of those dudes that just talks to people standing around. And we were standing around outside the arc light at the at the Jadapital, um thing, and I you and you initiated a conversation, and then we exchanged phone numbers. Yeah, well, I think what what's I, your how uh, do you I don't know you you you're you're really good at that. <laughs> What's your deal? With I that? think I'm better at it with people who are not into it as much. Like, you know, because I'm not super into it, but I can recognize someone else who's not super into it. So it's almost like you're more comfortable with other people who are not. You really... met a fellow uncomfortable person? So... Yeah, it's like I'm more comfortable with other people who are uncomfortable. I don't know. You know, they're... but <laughs> I'm not, I'm definitely not the guy who's like friends with everybody in the bar or the party or anything. But if you're somebody else who's uncomfortable at the party, then I'm like, hey, this is cool. You know? <laughs> so that's your mechanism when you're uncomfortable is you're like, okay, I'm going to find this other dude or girl. <laughs> and that's how I, that's how you cope with your uncomfortable. Because me, yeah, I just I mean, sit it... there, I just sit there on my phone or I don't talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well. Now I have the smartphone. I've I had it like a this brick or little kind of prepaid phone for the last few years. I finally got this like smartphone, and it's kind of freaking me out though. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's yeah. That's, really, it's I get it. I get it because I'm back off the true smartphone yeah. because I've got my I got this piece of crap right here. Well, it's a it's a it's it's my 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 Galaxy um, my S. I had an S5 and it died. Um, and wow. so now I had to go. The only phone I could find in my house was this old iPhone from like t five years ago. <laughs> and while that doesn't seem like a big deal, like none of the I can't upgrade anything because like it's a legacy phone. So like you can't so you update can't, any of the like, apps. I can't download new apps. So you can only and, have apps from like five years ago. Yeah, and they're all really slow and they crash all the time. <laughs> so it's I basically don't even do. The only thing I do on it is I read. Um, Amazon Kindle books, and even that isn't optimal. 
so it's not that great. So it's basically just a phone, and it's weird. It's weird, like, not <laughs> having... Cause, um, like, I've, I've been paying a lot more attention to TV shows and stuff, which is good, I guess. Um, well, well, yeah, I, I, uh, and I, I don't know how it all works with, like, now I have its Twitter on there and everything, and, and I'll just go to lay down, and all of a sudden I'll hear, like, the Twitter, like, some t- retweet or something go off, and what yeah. the hell? And, uh, and I tweeted some guy, uh, like, last week I tweeted some guy, like, I, I work overnight, so I tweeted, you know, I, I didn't, I figured, you know, whatever, you know, he's just going to check his Twitter in the morning, whatever, like, because I'm used to using Twitter, like, on a, like, laptop or on an actual mm-hmm. computer before I had this phone. So I tweeted this guy a couple questions, like, I DM'd him, yeah, and then, like, the next morning I get off work and I got, like, a tweet back from him, like, why are you asking me these questions at 2 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like. I didn't realize that he was like, "Oh well, it was my fault because I didn't set, I didn't turn my settings off my phone or whatever." But you know, he was he was all irritated with me. Like, oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't really realize that's how it works. But yeah, weird. This modern day. But I just thought that was funny because you talked about meeting that dude line. But yeah, we met at what was that like 2008, 2009 ish. Yeah, Might have been 2007 or something. It's it's been a while. Yeah, that was so. It was Paley Fest. That was um, like Judd Apatow and Friends or something. That was like the greatest thing of all time. The more yeah. I think, like the Freaks and Geeks thing was great, and yeah. so but I but the Apatow the evening with Judd Apatow was almost was a, in a different way as great because it was like everybody from his career like starting from the beginning. So like it would started out with Gary Shandling, and Gary Shandling's probably the funniest person. In the world. Yeah, you had Gary Shandling, you had Tom Arnold. And, uh, like, Andy Dick from... A lot of the Freaks and Geeks Yeah, like, like, he kept... He brought it out, like, an era. So he brought out, like... Tom, like So first he brought out Gary Shandling and Tom Arnold because he got to start writing jokes for both of them. And then he actually worked on the Larry Sanders show. Then he brought out Andy Dick, who he worked with on the Ben Stiller show. Then he brought out, like, some of the Freaks and Geeks guys. Like, he had Paul Feig, Busy Phillips, Seth Rogen, and Jason Segel... Then he brought out, like, the newer era people. Like, he had Jonah Hill and um, who else was there? Paul Rudd was there. And it was awesome. Yeah. And but, I wonder, because you guys are fans of, like, Apatow. I guess we're all fans of Apatow and then Kevin Smith and Dan Harmon and stuff. So I, w- I wonder if it's interesting to you when you see some of these actors go from different, these different people, you know, I, I guess uh, I guess there's been some actors that have crossed crossed over into other, you know, from the these oh, yeah. other. Yeah, that's that's like always my favorite thing is when there's those kind of crossover worlds. Like, you know, when I was I was super stoked when Seth Rogen kind of crossed over into the Kevin Smith camp, yeah. and things like that. Um, that like when when like I mean when you think about it, I mean yes, I I I. I People criticize Kevin for like basically when he had Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks, but then his whole thing is like, is like, well, I mean, when you really think about it, I, I was doing R-rated comedies before Apatow was, so it's just it's yeah. a logical step. Um, and I thought it was fun, but uh, and, then, uh, and uh, Ken Jeong, he was in that uh, Knocked Up, right? Uh, yeah, well, Doctor Ken, I think I think Apatow discovered him because yeah. that was. Because he was, 
Yeah, he was in Knocked Up, but and 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 he was doing like stand up and improv and stuff. Because I saw him at a couple other things, but that's that was like his. I think when he did Knocked Up and some of the other stuff, he was still doing full time. He was a doctor. I think he was now. Still doing <laughs> yeah, like I don't. I'm pretty sure he's not doing that anymore. But at the yeah, time, I'm like, because he was like a he's like he was like a surgeon, which is crazy, but awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a high functioning dude that right there. He's able to you know become a doctor and still I just, like. I just wonder if in any world he thought like okay he went to medical school but at night he was doing or whatever he was doing like the stand up and then at some point he would end up in the highest grossing box office comedy of all time totally naked. Like that's a pretty crazy career trajectory right there. Uh, that's not yeah. Then he yeah he he kind of knocked up, gave him a little bit, and then he was in the hangover. Got hangover, and then that was like that was it. Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I checked in. I checked in Dan Harmon to my hotel. Oh shit! That's today. Yeah. Community what? season six oh. starts today. I I think I did see something online. Yeah. So you got is that is it? Are they doing it like Netflix? It's on Yahoo or? screen. I well I think they're not. They're gonna they're on they're not doing it all at once. Which Okay. I think okay. that's kind of a good thing because I just I kind of want to pace that out. I I, I want to space it out because Kimmy Schmidt dropped on Netflix last weekend and I've already watched the whole thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which if yeah. you have you have you seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt yet? It's I've just amazing. seen bits and pieces of it. Oh, my wife's been watching it, but uh, it looks it's, good. It's amazing. I mean, if you're a fan of of Thirty Rock especially or anything. That like that any. Good yeah, I really time. like the actress from The Office. Oh my God, right? Ellie Kemper. She's she's hilarious. She's amazing. Yeah, she is awesome. She's really great. Um, I'm I've been watching. I mean, my two favorite comedies right now, like the two, I mean, aside from Bob's Burgers, which is my top right now, and then Community is yeah, coming yeah. back. Oh, it's a good time right now. Um, <laughs> but because I was I've been super depressed since Parks and Rec was over. Like really depressed. Oh, I haven't seen the last couple episodes of that. Oh, like. my God. The last, like, okay, the Doesn't last. Doesn't it take place in the future or something? Yeah. The last. <laughs> well, the whole season, have you watched the last season at all? Yeah. <laughs> I, the... Did, I think the last I, last ones I saw were they were they were in London, and that must have been oh, last season. Because, yeah, the oh, last season, they jump, like, five years in the future. Uh, that's that's funky. <laughs> it's it's It works. It seriously works. So it doesn't, it doesn't. Throw you off or anything? No, it's no, no, no. It's yeah. it's amazing. And then the last episode, they flash forward like 20, 30 years. The way I described the last episode of Parks and Rec, did you watch Six Feet Under? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that finale is like, to me, it's the all-time greatest series finale of all time. And that last scene, yeah, like every time I watch it, <laughs> I cry. Yeah. Um, it's it's so good. This that's a great show. Six this, feet under. It's my favorite show ever, probably. I mean, like, I, when I'm really coming down to it, it's probably right there, like Freaks and Geeks. But then Six Feet Under, they're like right there. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, they're they're totally. It's hard. To, it's like apples and oranges. Yeah, because they're so different, but they're also they have some like they're. they're However, just, Ben Foster is in both of those shows. Ben Foster is in both so. of them. Um, so is well, you know, that's it. I was trying to think. There's the crazy connect. The the where it gets crazy on Six Feet Under is um, there's there's quite a few people on Six Feet Under that were in um, in uh, in uh, um, Zachary Quinto is in it, like for a little bit. 
No, the what movie? What movie? The movie. The movie. Crap. Uh, oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes, can't hardly wait. It's got because you got you got you got freaking you got uh you got oh what's the oh yeah name? like Peter Fascinelli or Peter Fascinelli um Rodriguez what's his name the so Rico is in is in oh, can't hardly yeah. wait also and um, Lauren Ambrose is like the main girl in can't hardly wait so there's like yeah people and then you also yeah, have yeah kind of, it kind of really follows her a lot in Six Feet Under, too. Huh? She kind oh, of yeah, she's my... Claire is my favorite character in Six Feet Under, probably. Just her and yeah. her relationship with her mom, um, it pretty much mimics, like, my youth. <laughs> like, the relationship I had with my mom after my dad died. That show I can relate to, like, more than anything. It, it, I think that... There's a few, I was just talking about this with somebody, there's a few shows that, like, get the whole grief experience right, because so many of yeah. them don't. Like, you go, like, like the TV idea of a funeral is, like, so ridiculous compared <laughs> to, like, reality of funerals. Um, so, but the the first episode of Six Feet Under, when they're at the funeral, like, yeah. that that is the most perfect, like, portrayal of a funeral I've ever seen. Um, it's the most accurate. But it definitely feels authentic. The, I mean, you know, there it, well, it's still a show, but uh, yeah. so much of it feels like, you know, it definitely well, feels like it's coming from a real place. Yeah, Alan Ball, like, when you read him, like, his interviews, like, he, because he, you know, his sister died when he was really young, and some other things yeah. happened, and so he, he just, it came from a really honest place. But so going back to Parks and Rec, I just always I just consider Parks the Parks and Rec series finale is like the Six Feet Under finale, but not sad. Yeah, <laughs> like, not the, like the comedy version of it. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 also but it's sad in a different way. It's just sad because I've grown these characters like you watch them grow in a way I hadn't seen on a lot of other shows. Like Phil and I always joke about like you know Chris Pratt's character. The fact that he became who, what he did on that show is nuts because he just started off as like a throwaway character. Yeah, it seemed like a character was only going to be on for an episode or two. Yeah, and then they realized like, oh, this guy's hilarious and amazing. Yeah. And and then I, I don't think, because you look at the first season and especially the first couple episodes, it was going to be like the Leslie Nope show, kind of like on The Office where like, yes, you have these supporting characters, but they're... They're kind of they're not like wholly fleshed out. A lot of these, a lot of the supporting characters, especially when this show started, both The Office and Parks and Rec, they weren't really yep. fleshed out. Like I don't think they knew what they had with Ron Swanson like the first season. Yeah. Like and then that's a great and, yeah. I mean that's another show where it's just so many characters are great. Yeah, and, like uh, and then that Aubrey that supporting Plaza. cast, Aubrey yeah. Plaza, man. Um, a lot of people don't like you know I've seen a lot of people complain about her but I, oh, think she's, I love her she's she's, she's the awesome. best she's so funny uh, I yeah. I got to see her she did so so I think one of the first things she did was funny people yeah and, yeah she was in, speaking of crossovers she's in the Apatow yeah so I because I got to go to um, Judd Apatow did like a they were doing. They were they were basically practicing their stand up for the Funny People movie, and they were doing it at UCB, and I got to go. 
Oh wow! And it was oh, that was probably the greatest thing ever because like I got to I got to. Was that on Franklin there, like in yeah, Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! So that was like Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler. They had like Kevin James was there, and like they were they all were doing stand up. Um, Adam Sandler did his stand up as his Funny People character, which <laughs> cr- cr- crazy. Like, because at first I'm like, what is he doing? And then I realized, <laughs> like, oh, this is his character from. Funny people, because funny they were still like in the script stages of funny people. I think they were they hadn't even started filming yet. And and then this then Aubrey Plaza came up and I'm like, this is like one of the funniest girls I've ever seen. And nobody knew who she was. And I remember telling this is so dumb. But I because I talked to everybody after like I met I met everybody. And wow. and and I told her, I'm like, you are gonna be huge. She was like, "You're you're full of shit." I was like, "No, <laughs> you're gonna be huge." And then she's like, "Okay, you're right." You. And like that was like, and then it was. I wish I had gotten this because she came to Smod Castle and I wasn't there, and I would have been like, "Hey, remember when I told you you were gonna be huge? You didn't believe me." Wow, that's awesome. But, yeah, um, man, I, that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so so just watching that, and now it's over. So I was really depressed. And but now there's Kimmy Schmidt and Last Man on Earth is have you seen that yet? Is I haven't watched it that on is it on Hulu or it's on Hulu, it's on Fox, it's on Hulu. You should watch it. It's the it's it's amazing. It's really it's, good, yeah. It's Will Forte and Christian Schaal and and Will Forte basically the show starts, he's the last man on earth. Everybody's gone. Yeah, he I like I saw that he was that was him in Nebraska, right? Was that him? Yes, that movie is amazing. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Bruce Dern, man, he's he's great. Yeah, he just wants to drive. <laughs> he just wants to drive that truck. <laughs> the end of the movie. I, it's, it's always, always when I found out that like I didn't I didn't put the connection together that that was Laura Dern's dad. And Stacy Keach was in that. If you he's he was awesome in that. Man, but I listened to WTF, and she talked about like, um, like growing up as like, cause I guess, um, Bruce Dern and and um, Lord Lord Dern's mom is also somebody famous. I forgot her name, but they were married and they were divorced. But like, and I guess they didn't get along. So she was basically like, grew up not really around Bruce Dern. But then her parents like reconciled, but they weren't married. They just kind of. Sounded really weird. It's one of those weird Hollywood things, and uh, but I don't know. It's cool. So, yeah. so, so yeah. So we, so we basically met a, because of Judd Apatow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I can't can't go wrong with that. And then, um, and then through you, I met you. Introduced me to Topher, and that's Topher. Been, that's been the gift that's kept on giving. <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, actually his, I'm I'm using the power cord I borrowed from his brother the other day, so <laughs> thank you to Tim for that. <laughs> so you introduced me through to, to Topher, and Topher's been a good friend, and also yeah. our Comic Con connection. And yeah, yeah, he really that's his big thing, man. He really hustles for that all year, so so that's a big deal down there. So because thanks to that, we got our Benview slumber party going to have yeah. it. Comic-Con. I'm oh, excited. yeah, last year. Didn't you guys have a room at the Marriott last year? Well, well, Topher did. I didn't. I mean, I stayed oh, I at my house. I thought you guys had a room there, too. No, I was, at my, I was at my house. 
Oh, well, what about the... Uh, they were Benson? at the residence in. Okay. Okay. But, but I think Topher had some rooms at the actual Marriott, which is crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. So this year, um, we're either going to be at the... We're either going to be at the residence. It sounds most likely we're going to be at the Embassy Suites. So back to the Embassy Suites, maybe. Oh, but that's I know not Topher, Topher also got some rooms at the Hyatt, which I stayed there once. And that's awesome because that's where a lot of people go afterwards. And then you don't have to walk anywhere after you're, like, hanging out. No, before it became this huge thing, it was uh, Topher and me from, like, high school until about, like, 2005 or something. Mm-hmm. So for a good 10 years, we uh, we always we did, like, the... The Marriott, a couple years, but that was like in the '90s, and then. Yeah. So you've been going Hyatt. to Comic Con forever, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I the first year I went was like '87 or '88 or, okay. or something like that. So you went. So you probably might be because I ta- I try and talk to people about this, so you might understand. Because I grew up in San Diego, and I went a couple times before it was in the convention center. It was just in a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like way more like your down home. Comic Con, except you'd be sitting there and like Jack Kirby would be there and stuff. Yeah, that that first year I went, I think it was the first year, maybe the first two years, and uh, I think it might have just been the first year I went. But it was uh, well, that building's, I think the building's still there. If you walk, yeah, it's where it's is like it? the exhibition center or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I just remember they had the dealers' room and they had like the artists and like the publishers on like separate rooms or separate yeah. sides. And yeah, I remember it was like Neil Gaiman and and Walt Simonson and all these artists yeah, and all writers. the huge dudes. Were, they were still just there at their tables, like like yeah. It was just, not like it is now. Yeah, well, I even, remember even like even uh, San Diego, like in like 2000. Yeah. I remember like Kevin Smith was just like at a booth. Yeah, well, I remember in '98 just walking up and meeting. I remember walking up and meeting Stanley and Todd McFarlane. Just like I waited in line like maybe 10 minutes. And that yeah, was in '98. Yeah, Chris or Topher and I, we walked around and talked to the guy uh, Jeff Smith, the, the creator of Bone. We just talked to him for like, you know, of course we were younger then, so maybe it was easier because we were like kids. But, but yeah, we just talked to the guy for like half an hour, and yeah, there was all these artists, and I, it, it was definitely different. I mean, it's still cool, but it's just it's it's not what it was, but it's, it's, different, it's different. But it's almost I I still I love it just as much because there's so many crazy things that you get to do, you can do. There's so many opportunities. Yes, you don't get to do everything, but the things I think if you if you if you have the right con attitude, it's it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, it's it's a you know, yeah, people, you know, we don't want to we don't go out of our way to get in for it not to be fun. So you you got to take advantage of it while you're there and and that's what you guys have and that's what I finally learned too is that yeah, you got to just roll with it. You can't be, you know, so Stuck to get going to certain things because you're not going to be able to go to everything you want to go to. It's just not yeah. going to happen. So, but WonderCon is a good convention for people that don't know if they're ready for San Diego, and but Saturday's already sold out. This might be like this is. I, probably... I think Friday might be. I think I think everything but Sunday might be sold out at this point. Oh I was wow! Looking okay. At the morning. Let me. So let that'll me be lose. sold out. You know, in another week or so. Yeah. So it's going to be sold out, which is. Crazy, yeah. Can, yeah. It's really it's it's blown up. I never went when it was up in San Francisco. Did you? Yeah, I went a couple times. Chris and I actually had a table up there in like 2005 in San Francisco. What was that like? I a table. 
it was still pretty pretty mellow. I mean, it was pretty big, and I kind of feel bad for the people up there that they don't, you know, they don't have it up there. Hopefully, they'll they'll put one back up there, you know. But we'll see. But yeah, yeah it's nice to have it because we live down here that it's here. But it's but, also yeah, having like two big cons now, like yeah. every year. This huge thing, yeah. And and WonderCon, while it's getting getting crazier, it's still like it's, it's still no super problem. like oh Saturday is still sold out. Friday, so there still are Friday and Sunday badges. Oh, okay, okay. But those yeah, gotta be going fast. But the yeah, but still, it's it's not it's like anybody who wants gone. to get one. It's not you don't have the epic waiting system or any of that. So it's, yeah, it's still kind of like it's still kind of like Comic Con two thousand seven or something or two thousand eight yeah. or something. You know, it's it's getting it, there. And the panels. You have a pretty good shot of going to the panels you want to go to because the arena is huge. And yeah, you know, I haven't been in that in 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 WonderCon or in Anaheim. I haven't been to that. Although, yeah, usually I've I'm gone not, a I, few times. Like Benson and I thought we didn't have a chance to because we went to the Much Ado About Nothing panel like a couple years ago, and we just yeah. like walked in and we still got pretty good seats. It's <laughs> it's a really big venue. I mean, I know it's I don't think it's as big as Hall H, but. It's still pretty big. Might be as big. I don't know. I haven't looked at the specifics, but I know it's big. Well, well apparently they have more. Their selling point when they were trying to get Comic Con was yeah. that they had more meeting space. Well, they do. I, think they, I, I think they have less floor space, like less overall exhibit space, but more meeting room space well, or something. The whole they have. Well, you know, at WonderCon they have the whole downstairs that they don't use at WonderCon. Wow. No. Because when it, they when they have Nam, they use Nam is like huge, and they use the entire there. It's so it could be bit. It's it's. I think it's they had, do have more space. It's just they don't use it at WonderCon because there's a whole downstairs area like that's just. Although although even at Comic Con having stuff on different levels, I feel like even now, even as hard as it is to get into at, to Comic Con. I still feel like there's a huge segment of people that go to Comic-Con that have no idea that panels exist. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like, but then I'm like, don't those people get tired of walking around the floor all day? Yeah. Like, how do you do <laughs> that? Like, I get tired of being on the floor after, like, an hour. I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm done with this. Uh... But there are people that yeah, that's all they do, and I'm just like, don't you get... First of all, don't you get bored. And yeah, you're not, you're all, not like, getting your full value out of on if you do that, but I mean, like, hey, if it's, it's up to if that's what people want to do. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think people just don't understand? Like, oh, these panels are things I can go to, or I, I think that people, some people, just don't even realize that they exist. I think that some people just don't, or they look in the program book, but they don't understand it. They don't. They say, oh, well, where is that? You know, and they they don't. I, I'm not saying people are dumb, but I just like some people are, and then some it's people like the just, people that go to Disneyland and don't use FastPass. <laughs> and some people are just not investigating it enough. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're going to go to that trouble to get the pass... I guess, though, you know what's crazy is uh, my wife's work, they had, like, a, a charity auction. I won't get into it too much, but one of the one of the prizes... I wish I had known, although it might have gotten bid up if we'd have bid on it, but one of the prizes mm -hmm. was four four-day passes for Comic-Con, and oh, man. the starting bid was, like, 600 bucks, and it, it finally sold for 700 So I'm like, dude, that's below... That's like the below retail. Like, that's like below retail. Oh, like, oh my god! And you could probably put in any name. Like that's the thing I'm wondering. How I mean, 
I'm not going to get into like what you know Derek was reading out to you on the uh, popsicles, where you know people were all pissed and saying, yeah. "Oh, you know, save it for the other people and stuff." Like that's kind of ridiculous. But but I do wonder as far as like how many of these are going to charity things and how and how many like are there thousands? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter how many are being given out because there's still more fans and people that would want to go that wouldn't be able there's, to get in anyway. There's, it's like it's like a hundred to one is like yeah. people that can't go to be able to get to go. And there, I feel like right if, as Phil and I were talking about on the last episode, and we were talking about on popsicles, it's the as much as people bitch about the system. Like I was, yeah. saying, I saw some famous people bitching about the pro system. I'm like. It's the most democratic process. If you're bitching about it, it's because you yeah. want preferential treatment. And yeah, yeah, I mean... But I, it's super democratic, and I don't see how there's any better way to do it. The fact that it's completely random, that if you're going to get into the waiting room, like, what other way should there be? I don't think... I think they've come up with the best possible solution. Yeah, I don't think there is... And they are always trying to refine it, which they have. I feel like they have. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, they have it's not, they only have so much space. Like, like yeah, it can never be perfect, but it's it, considering the demand. I I don't know that there's a way to to and satisfy everyone. Also, considering I've been to other conventions, like big conventions, when <laughs> they were not able to handle the amount of people there, and it was horrible. The fact yeah. that San Diego like can even like because I've seen conventions where you can't even move around in like the like I remember trying to find like the line, the lines for pan. It was this was to, okay. So I'll, full disclosure, it was New York Comic Con, and I've heard they've gotten a lot better because they have managed wow. to scale a little bit. But this was when they got so big. I don't think they knew what to do, and yeah. so we were. I remember trying to line up for a panel and realizing that I was lining up for nothing, and like <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that was happening the whole time I was there. They just were way too big than they it accounted for, and they were. And they had to like catch up. Whereas with San Diego, like they they got that down to a science, and like you don't have to deal with a lot of the organizational problems that a lot of these other conventions. They oh, they are far better organized than any of the other conventions yeah. I've been. Yeah. So I don't know. People give Comic Con a lot of shit that I don't think they deserve. Um, they're no, doing the I, best they can. And also, again, it's still the thing that makes Comic Con what it is is regardless of what some people say, it's still a non-profit convention. And yeah, that makes it, a huge difference. Because go to a Wizard World where you have to pay for everything and they don't care how many people they let in because they want more money. Um, it's yeah, a I heard those old experience. Uh, creation cons or some of those things where they would charge for all the different panels you go to. And oh, cre so. well, those... Those kind of things, those, those they're like glorified autograph shows. Those are ridiculous. Oh yeah. Did you ever go to that uh, Hollywood Collectibles show up in? I've like... never gone because every time I think about it, it just <laughs> seems kind of really sad. And I know like some of those guys, that's how they make their money. And I shouldn't, but it's it just seems really sad. And the kind of people that like those hardcore autograph hounds, those yeah. people scare me. It's weird. It is kind of weird. I, I went a few times with Topher when we were younger. It was, it was <laughs> We saw Corey Feldman there. And, yeah. yeah was, did you ever see... I know we talked about it on Radio Brendan Man like forever ago, but did you ever see I Think We're Alone Now, the Tiffany documentary? 
No, I, was that about like a stalker or yeah, something? Yeah, it's about or? like four of her stalkers. And oh my God. a lot of the stuff happens at the Hollywood collectible show. I'm just like, this is so crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's my weird. Favorite? You have a weird mix. Yeah. It's like a weird mix of people that are miserable, that feel like they realize they're has-beens, and then there's also people who think that they're still a huge star, yeah. which is almost worse. <laughs> Yeah, but they do do some cool, like, reunion type stuff. I remember they had, like, a pretty almost complete Back to the Future reunion there one time, and I almost went, but then I'm like, uh... Just the idea of paying to get into something that you then have to pay every person yeah. for to get an autograph, it's just... Yeah, um, it's I remember you thing. talking about that, didn't you... Didn't you say you talked to some wrestler and Comic-Con had a policy where, like, you oh. have to? Oh, yeah. Find? Well, they still have that policy. I don't think a lot of people know about it. If you really want to piss some people off at Comic-Con, um, they have a policy. It's still on. It's the, Their autograph policy is no matter what a, like, so there, there's the autograph place. And there's people that do free signings. There's plenty of those at Comic-Con. But then you have the paid autograph area, which... Sometimes I jokingly refer to as the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Um, <laughs> sometimes oh, it feels man. that way, man. <laughs> um, but but uh, but but like you know whatever. Sometimes like for there. But then I see somebody that genuinely is like like I saw this this guy. Um, I forgot who he was meeting, and he was just like genuinely. This was the most exciting thing that's ever happened to him. And so that yeah, dude, it, I think it's like, cool when they can actually meet their real fans, you know. Yeah. And, instead, of, and sometimes yeah. that's like the only way that some people. That's the only time they get. So I mean, I get it. But yeah. so so there, the Comic Con has a policy where, regardless of how much those people are charging, they have to sign the program for free. So you can get one free autograph. <laughs> you could, in theory, I would never do this because it would be horrible. <laughs> But if I was trying to, if I wanted to make somebody do some kind of endurance challenge, or if we're talking about like some kind of money bet, ooh, this gives me a good idea, actually. Um, you could go around to that paid autograph area and basically force every single person at that at that area to sign your program for free, and they have to, otherwise they will Comic Con will kick them out and say wow. like that's part of their deal because again Comic Con they want everybody to have fun. So they believe that somebody should be able to get a free autograph from, you know, whoever, like Lou Ferrigno or whatever. Or that. So, so my, the, this is the first time, the first modern comic. I call it my mo first modern Comic Con, because I like I went the so I went in like I went in the like early '90s with my I think my dad took me and my brother once. I think I yeah. went one other time. This is before I was at the convention center. So that must have been in the '80s because the convention center opened in '89, right? I think that's yeah, right. it was um, once once it was like the nineties, yeah. maybe so eighty nine. Because yeah. the convention center opened eighty nine, so this is, so we went once before that, and then we went once after, and I went in ninety eight. That was that was like my last Comic Con experience before I went away to college, and then the first time I went in the modern area was two thousand five. Um, yeah. That was the first year of Hall H, and I ended up staying all day in Hall H because I found yeah. out like oh cuz I didn't realize what I cuz I just it's, there was no line I walked right into Hall H but then I think as people started people got to the con and realized what was going on it quickly filled up and then there was a giant line and I'm like oh I can't leave if I want to like 
because I wanted the very last thing that was happening was um, Tenacious D was gonna play. They they were they were there because Jack Black was there for King Kong, and Tenacious D played, and then they also Peter Jackson had like a panel, and I I wanted to stay for that, and I realized I had to stay the entire all day. And, I, and they and they don't clear the room, and so I guess and that this would be was legit. also before they had the food area, because yeah. now they have their they have a separate Hall H food area, so you don't actually have to leave Hall H to get food, and they didn't yeah, have that, that. Like little so in between area. So I seriously sat there for like twelve yeah. hours, but it was awesome because I saw let's see, saw Superman Returns, that was the first thing, um, yeah. then it was like Charlize Theron. For with uh with uh what was that the uh crap the MTV cartoon with the, uh, like, Eon Flux yeah Eon Flux so yeah. that was but then was and cool. then that was pretty cool and then it just got crazy because it was Serenity and uh, <laughs> and then Nathan Fillion stayed up there and it was some um, James Gunn Slither which right. that's where I realized yeah. like James Gunn was awesome because it was him and Nathan Fillion and uh, and some of those, other, and it was just really, really funny. Those guys were hilarious, and that's where I kind of discovered James Gunn. Um, and then it was so Serenity, and then uh, and then Kevin Smith, and and then just kind of went from there. So it was great, but it was also like, holy crap, I have to sit here all day. But one of so then after I got out of there, um, I had read in my program. It's like, oh, autographs. They have to autograph your program. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't really have any money, so I'm going to go around and get some autographs. And the first person I went to was Virgil. <laughs> Virgil from yeah. WWF. Like, because I was, I mean, I'm a huge wrestling fan. And again, I didn't oh, yeah. know any better. I didn't know the story. I didn't know the story of Virgil that, like, he's at every convention and to the point where at one time he actually set up a table in the New York City subway. <laughs> wow. Yeah, heard, him and. Boomer. It's and, always uh, him and Boomer, Boomer and like Ferrigno and like a few other. Those are the mainstays. Uh, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca. He's at a yeah. lot of them. Those are kind of like your mainstays. And so I'm, I go up, I go up, and I'm so excited. I'm like, hey, Virgil, you're so great, and you're really cool, and I really like your wrestling, and just being all dumb, you know, Chris Farley show, and <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Um, He's like, are you gonna buy a picture? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't really have any money. He's like, oh, and I'm like, well, can you sign my program? And he's like, just looks at me, and I'm like, well, it says you have to sign the program. <laughs> <laughs> so he signs it and then just turns, like physically turns his back to me. Oh. Uh, uh. And then I'm like, because I was gonna go around and get everything. Then I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do this again. <laughs> and that was the last yeah. time. I did. So my 2005. <laughs> My 2005 Comic Con program has Virgil's autograph on the front, and that's it. That's no <laughs> other autographs, just Virgil. Virgil Comic Con, the yeah. year of Virgil. So, oh. well, because then then he became a meme. There was the sad Virgil, because oh. somebody somebody had taken a picture at once some con where it's just him by himself, just looking all sad. Oh, yeah, it's like the it's like the dark side of Comic Con. Sometimes it you, is. you have. Uh, I remember one year. Um, do you remember the year Lori um, Lori Petty was there? Mm, what was that? Was that for? Uh, couldn't she have been for just, Tank. I or? think. Well, no, she was just at Comic Con signing autographs because I think she didn't have anything. I think somebody told her she could probably make a lot of money doing it. 
Yeah. And she, she, (laughs) I just remember watching her yell at people who were taking pictures of her without paying. Wow. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. That, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing, too. It's like uh, they'd say about meeting your heroes and stuff. Like, I don't know, I met this writer that I really liked, and he was just kind of a jerk. I was just like, oh, man. But, you know, you know it's crazy and it's busy. So. Yeah. Most but, of the time, yeah. I've had, like, 95% positive experiences, at, especially yeah. at Comic-Con. Um, but most of my cool, like, the best experiences I've had have been just random things, like... Um, like free random, soda room. <laughs> free soda room. But like as far as meeting people too, just random. It's all random. Like I was just remembering the time that Matt Cohen and I like randomly we got to meet all the human giant guys like Aziz Ansari, Rob Hubel, Paul Shear, and they were just walking around and it was awesome. And we like got to talk to them. Um, my craziest what could have been moment, except I was too scared to do anything. I think I've told this story before. Um, it was also with Matt Cohen, and we were walking back from his car or something when it was downtown, and we were walking by one of the hotels, and and then Matt just gets this look on his face like, whoa. And, and I turn around, and it's it's um, it's um it's Joss Whedon, but then it's also the entire Dr. Horrible cast. So, like, it was Nathan Fillion. Wow. Um, it, was, it was Doogie Howser. Um, Felicia Day and all the, and they were just walking and and also we kind of followed him a little bit and I kept trying to work out my courage that I never did. Yeah, I saw uh, who did I say I think I saw uh, what's his name Kieran Culkin yeah or, yeah he was and uh, him and uh, uh what's the guy the other uh, Scott Pilgrim anyway Scott Pilgrim Michael Sarah. Okay. Yeah, I saw Michael Sarah and him walking by. We, like went to, we got to go to that panel. That was an awesome panel. Michael Sarah came out in a Captain America costume. Yeah. yeah, he was cool. Yeah. Well, you know, you were talking about Hall H. I remember Topher and I, we were there, I think it was like 2000 or like whatever year X Men came out, mm-hmm. or maybe 2001 or somewhere around there. And, uh, and that was before Hall H. They had a yeah, Ballroom 20. The biggest. I think that was the biggest one, Ballroom yeah. 20. So they had everybody in there or in, in another room. I don't know. And, yeah, it was just packed. It was, like, for X-Men. I think that was kind of the beginning when they had Spider-Man and X-Men, and that started ramping things up. And then, and then you know, you got to everybody complains now about Twilight, you know, but I think that was, it was just inevitable. It's always going to be something. I think it's always something. Um, Marvel's not even going to be there this year, which is crazy. <laughs> well, they're going to yeah. be there. They're not doing a panel. They're not doing panels. Yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, Topher posted something about that. Then when you think about, about it, they they don't really have anything to announce. Yeah. They've already done all their big announcements. Yeah, um, I, I mean, you think that's they're really pushing that D twenty three, or do you think it's just that? They I don't, don't think it has it. anything to do with D twenty three this year because they've never. People always say that, and then they'll they go to then like a bunch of people will go to D twenty three, and they just yeah. bring one person out, and they don't do anything. I think it's just they don't have anything really to push right now. They already did their big next phase announcements. They well, yeah, and that's just Marvel. And nothing. Disney, and, and it's not like Disney. They'll still have stuff, right? They'll still probably have a Star Wars thing. And, and Well, there is. I think there is, they already said there's going to be Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah. But, but um, 
So whoever says that they're just doing it for D23, why would they, if that, if that was their logic, why would they even announce any Star Wars or any other Disney stuff yeah. if they were just trying to hoard well, it for D23? The big Star know? Wars stuff is happening at Celebration. I think we can all... Yeah. Are you going to Celebration? No, I don't think so. I might go. It's expensive. I mean, Topher is going to be there. It's like and, 75 bucks. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty pricey, but it, it would be cool. But Derek's yeah. going. I think Derek's going. Yeah, I'm gonna be at WonderCon the week before. So it's like a week after WonderCon. Yeah, it's I like can't a... see. I'm I'm Mr. Unemployed, and I get my WonderCon badge for free. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I, my expense is gonna be I'm getting a hotel. So that's. Well, you already got it reserved. Are you guys doing the Jolly Roger again? Or I haven't figured it out yet. I think the Jolly Roger's like closed right now for oh, um, repair. Like they're continuing their remodeling. Yeah, so let, wait, we were talking about this the other day. Let's we should get back to that discussion of, um, like they keep talking about other places to move it, and it just seems like there's no place that's feasible. No, I don't, I don't think it'll work. I, oh. Anaheim has shown, I think through WonderCon, they can barely handle the parking situation for WonderCon. They, yeah, they can't handle WonderCon even, and 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 yeah, Topher was saying Nam was crazy. And, Nam's like, always crazy. Like yeah. they can barely and Nam and Comic Con is a little bit bigger than Nam, and plus Nam is in January. You cannot have a major convention <laughs> in Anaheim during the summer because all of the hotel rooms are booked for Disneyland. People are like, they have more hotels. I'm like, yes, and they are all booked because it's Disneyland. You and, and and even if you pretend that that would work, like you, you talked about there being more space on another level. I think it's weird, like. Comic-Con, everything's on that one, like, at least the, what we were talking about before, at least what a lot of people associate as being Comic-Con is on that first ground level. Yeah. And if you have stuff on multi-levels, multi-tiers, there's just stuff that people are going to miss out on. I don't think the exhibitors are going to get the bang for their buck either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems to work for NAM, but that's NAM. so, but, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so there's that. There's also... There's nothing to do after like WonderCon's great, but then afterwards, like there's yeah. not that whole scene going on. There's not a nightlife scene. You can walk. You got like downtown. You got Disney downtown Disney, Disney, but then again, it's mostly tourists. And whereas we will yeah. never, the only place uh, you cannot get that where like because it's San Diego, like we take over downtown. Yeah. Like it, it becomes yeah. Like, like Topher was saying, it's like a boom town. And if you moved it to Vegas, maybe there's space, but it would just get swallowed up by the rest yeah, of it. It wouldn't be as fun. I mean, you think we have to we have to fight off bros downtown, <laughs> right? Like as it is right now, which yeah, I the feel like there has been some bro encroachment on, yeah. but but it's still good. It's still I still feel comfortable walking around um, yeah. the gas lamp because again we out we out we still outnumber the bros like. There has been yeah. some bro encroachment in recent years because I think the bros realize that we're having a good time and they want <laughs> in on that. But yeah. um, but but there's so there's a little bit. But I feel like anywhere else we go, that's all it would be, and we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to let cut loose and have fun. Um, yeah, Vegas would not be fun. Like I would hate. I would be miserable. Plus, again, like the fact that this would be in like July. Um, I don't want to be in Vegas in July. Vegas in the summer, it's it sucks. It's hot as hell. Yeah. Um, Although you know, I, I would prefer it probably to Anaheim or LA, just because. Same space. thing. With, well, also Anaheim, uh, space-wise, yes. But then, like Anaheim, the other thing, like people, don't, you think San Diego in July is bad? Anaheim in July is <laughs> way worse. Um, yeah. And then just... L, I feel again with LA, like 
I mean, I joke about this, but, like, people would die. People would die. Because people from, like, the Midwest would just start wandering around downtown L.A. at, at 1.30, 2 in the morning, and I, bad, I think, things, think... bad things would happen. If you move to those other places, well, especially L.A., but may, probably even Anaheim or Vegas, I think that in a couple years it would be easy to get Comic-Con tickets again. I think it would it yeah. would not be what it is. You know, it would wither out a little bit. I I know for me it probably would, but I don't I don't want that to happen at all. Like like in L.A., where do you they have L.A. LA Live? L.A. There would be the parking situation is a million times worse, and there's there's Driving, the, parking, the hotel yeah. drive the hotels. Plus, there's it's also like there really isn't that gas lamp type area because as soon as you leave the L.A. Live area, you're in scary downtown. That's- that's kind of it, but and but, it's some of the scariest parts of downtown. Well, yeah, you have Skid Row is not too far from there, I don't think. But, yeah. but I mean, in San Diego, yeah, you got the water on one side, you got the ocean. People got SeaWorld, and and there's, there's Legoland not to too far, and there's tons uh, of places to all stay. Kinds of stuff. We take over that gas lamp quarter. It's amazing. You wouldn't have that anywhere else. Yeah, the fact that. You- you can walk out on one side and you have the ocean and the water. The other side, you walk out and instantly you're in the gas lamp within a yeah. five-minute walk. That's you can't do that any. Even in Vegas, like it's Vegas actually isn't that convenient. You got all those casinos, but it's actually a lot of walking and a lot yeah. of. You know, it's not as convenient as it seems. And then, um, but then, and then, I know the only the only other convention that's on the level of Comic Con that I know of is Dragon Con. And that's in Atlanta in, in August, which to me sounds horrible. But from what I've heard, it's all inside. It takes over, like, multiple hotels. And I think that that's a huge, like, cosplay convention. And, but, it's, it's, they, but they still have all the big... They have a, it's, more, it's more cosplay-centric. It's more... Fan, but they have multiple... They have all kinds... It's way, they got tons of different stuff. And I've heard people that love Dragon Con, like, swear by it. And I've heard, like... And everybody... It has all the big stuff there too. It's just a whole different experience because it's all indoors. Because if you go outside, you will die. <laughs> it's Atlanta in August. That sounds horrible. Well, it's amazing how there's this whole culture of comic cons now. You have com- I think they just had one in London this past weekend. Oh yeah, I mean it's everywhere now, um, which Middle I think Ohio is awesome. Because you and now you got C two E two, you got New York, you got Emerald City. I think if I were to pick another convention to go to next, I've been to New York once. I really do want to check out C2E2 sometime because in Chicago that sounds cool. But I think if I were to pick another one, it'd probably be Emerald City because my brother lives in Seattle. Seattle's cool, and also every all the web comics people I know like yeah. love Emerald City. Like they love it. Yeah, it's, I've heard it's got a really really fun vibe, and it's real comics. Like, all uh, the creators I know, like, love it. It's their favorite convention of the year. That so would, that I've would, always yeah. wanted to check it out. And now that my brother lives in Seattle, maybe I will. Wow, he, he just keep, didn't he live in Portland before? Yeah, he, he, he moved up from Portland. He got a job. He actually works for Washington University now. He used to work for Washington State, Vancouver, down in Vancouver, Washington. And he was living right there, Portland, then Vancouver. But Vancouver is basically just right over from Portland. But now he just he keeps moved. moving north. Didn't he live in yep. Modesto too for a while? Well, his girlfriend is from Modesto. His ex-girlfriend, but he yeah. didn't never live there. We would go there for the holidays, um, 
Are you from Modesto? Because I know you have... No, I, I lived there. I know. I just have some connection with that because I lived there for like two years with a friend of mine from college. My, okay, because you, you went to Chico. I went to Chico State. Uh, yeah. And then uh, my roommate from college... I moved back down to like Orange County and then my roommate from college was like, hey, move in with me and my wife or fiance or whatever it was at the time. So I lived with him for a couple years. And I, so you I, just I moved like, to Modesto? What was that like? Yeah, it was kind of a random, random move, but you what did you do up there? It was, <laughs> it was kind of my Ukaipa period. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was all right. It was hot as hell the first summer I moved up there. Man, speaking it gets of hot, really hot up there. Yeah, I, well, I did. I worked in Sacramento for a couple years, and yeah, it gets real hot. Yeah, that's uh couple summers, I mean, so I was just there during the summer. But you are close to Yosemite, which is probably the most beautiful place in the world. Yeah, it's the gateway to Yosemite, yeah. I love Yosemite. I worked at a yeah, camp there. Modesto is kind of crummy, but yeah, Yosemite is all right. It's weird. Modesto's weird because, like, I got to know it pretty well because um, yeah. of Courtney, and, like, we went. I went there for, like, five Christmases, and... It's it's got like this small town feel to it, but it's it's kind of getting big, like bigger. And there's like it's kind of it reminds me a little bit of Yukaipa, where there's parts where it's like super rural, and then you go to these other parts where it's like like where Courtney's parents lived, and they live in like this crazy giant mansion. Actually, you know, a fun a fun fact for that is that I had a class with this girl, and I took creative writing class when I was up there at the junior college, and I, one of the girls in the class was Amy Royland. And her brother is the co-creator of that Rick and Morty, Justin oh, yeah. Moyle. So I think he's from up in Modesto. So kind of random. Cool. But, uh, I still random. haven't watched that. I mean, I know I should, especially as a Dan Harmon fan. I just haven't gotten around. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but it's supposedly, <laughs> supposedly it's really Benson, good. Benson says it's great, and I, I, I believe Benson most of the time. It sounds like it's a. It was kind of like a riff on Back to the Future sort of thing, and so yeah. All right. Well, one other thing. Um, I guess we're we're coming on time here a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But um, but one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about was your your job working at a hotel at Hollywood. I mean, come on, you gotta have some crazy stories. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, man. What's the um, craziest thing that's ever happened while you were well, working? You know, I've seen celebrities here and there. I've seen okay. you know. Jamie Foxx, four in the morning with the sunglasses on, and and uh, you know I can't. There's one that I won't tell you who it is, but there was like a rock star who's pretty big in the '90s, mm -hmm. and he came in at like 4 a.m. with like some hangers on, and uh, and yeah, you start some of these celebrities and people you start to feel sorry for because it's like they really have people that are like users around them, you know? Yeah. And the actual stars sometimes are pretty cool, but the people around them are kind of like horrible, <laughs> you know, like the guy with the guy talking, there was a guy talking to him that was bragging about how he dated this uh, chick that that was dating Tim Burton and all this, <laughs> and he was talking about Tim Burton like broke up with the chick and was, I don't know, it was weird, like he dated the girl, but then Tim Burton dated the girl, but, but they were still buddies, and it was kind of a weird, I don't know, there's a lot of incestuous Hollywood stuff, but uh but then, you know, the crazy stuff is, uh, you know, I don't know. You just have, I, I wanted you to talk to fight about off homeless people because that was, like, my number one job working the door at Smodcastle. 
Yeah, no, I mean, once in a while you get people that are just randomly, like, sitting in there and stuff, but, like, more, the, the big problem for me is probably, and, and, and I don't know how much you dealt with this, because uh, when you were uh, doing your job, people were calling in and complaining, but I guess it wasn't, like, the general general public, but you still had people ranting yeah. at you, I'm sure. So you got yelled at yeah. a lot? You get yelled at. Yeah, you get people. You're you're pretty much. I'm at the front desk and I do the night audit a little bit of, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much. You're the only vent. I mean, I kind of understand. I kind of get it because you're the only place for them to go. But but if there's any problem in any any other department, in parking or the restaurant or room service or anything, they still point to you like, hey, go talk to them at the front desk. <laughs> so whatever problem happens in any area of the hotel, the people come to the front desk and uh, and complain or whatever. Yeah, the other day this guy gets mad about parking and, and well, he said because you know usually when you stay at a hotel the parking gets charged to your room mm -hmm. and for him for some reason he was like oh they told me I could pay cash when I go out and I'm like well they charged you you know you and your wife I guess the two cars they charged you to your room already it's like well my wife already left and paid cash and so I was like you know I don't want to argue with the guy I'm like okay well. Uh, okay, well, I'll just leave the charge on your room, and then you can just pay that. And he's like, no, I want to take it off. I want to pay cash when I leave. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, why don't you just pay it here, you know? <laughs> but, you know, then the guy gets furious. I want to give me your manager's card and all I don't know. It's just it's just like, I guess, like a lot of retail jobs or jobs dealing with the public where it's just, you know, people, and some of the people are just unhappy, and they just want to pull this card on you and use this the power trip thing to make themselves feel better, I guess, or I don't know. I don't know what it is. Any crazy, like, crime stories? Anything like that? <sighs> yeah, I mean, you have... Well, there's this guy, there's... I don't want to <laughs> get too deep into it, but there's this, like, mob boss guy type guy who stayed there a few times, who has stayed there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's a mob boss. He, whatever he is, he's got some sort of... He's got a lot of money, but he has some sort of shady background. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But man, like he tips really well, though. So all the like the valet guys or the guys at the bar, or whatever, they're all like, "Hey, hey, you know, get him a good room, get him good," you know. And then for you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like we're sold out, we're sold out, you know. Like I can't do anything, and I don't know. It's just you, you have these strange guys that they had bodyguards and stuff, and I don't know. It's weird. There is some weird criminal underworld stuff now, and or or there's. Maybe Anybody like any dead bodies or anything like that? Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I heard there was some guy who. Like, <laughs> uh, we don't know. We're not speaking of wh where it is, so I guess it's all right. But yeah. there's a supposedly. I, this is just what I heard. So I, I wasn't. I wasn't there, and this is just a story. So I don't know if it's true. But somebody said there was a guy who was a doctor, who basically killed himself, right? Mm -hmm. But he was like. I guess he did like intravenous drip or something, and he left a note like like in in his room like he left a note like I know what I'm doing don't try to resuscitate me and I, I <laughs> very cheery note I know <laughs> to go on this but yeah it's just yeah there's not and then the, the worst thing was like one of the bartenders was like oh man I can't believe that guy he was like such a good tipper I can't believe he <laughs> he uh, offed himself you know they're all they're upset probably why he was such a good tipper. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man. I would, if you're gonna do that, you should just completely blow through some major credit cards 
you know, if it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna end, you might as well rack up like you know four hundred thousand dollars in in credit, enjoy yourself. But then you know you might enjoy yourself so much you don't want to end it anymore. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but you know, it's like, geez, that's nuts. Yep. But yeah, oh, the Comic Con. There were some Comic Con people there. I, I overheard them, like some people that work for Comic Con, and I, mm-hmm. I, I still wanted to bu- like budge into their conversation and be like, "Hey, you got any extra passes?" Or, you know. But yeah, man. Were they like scouting it out, or what were they doing in LA? I, were think, they... they, I think they have meetings up there where they're planning and stuff. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Cause yeah, they yeah. I, that makes sense. Cause they probably meet people to do like programming and all that kind of stuff. Cause a lot of the programming comes from LA these days. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I do. It is kind of. I mean, like you said, there's no way you're going to solve it, but it, it's still, it's, it's, it's disheartening that that you know. And I'm not, I'm not complaining about the process, but it's just, I guess it's just like it, it, it is kind of a bummer sometimes when you think that there are a lot of people. Like even my, my wife's school, mm-hmm. uh, I was surprised that it didn't go for more because I figured, well, there's some rich kid who's going to really want to go to Comic Con and he's going to have his dad bid it up for like five grand for tickets. But then you realize that a lot of these kids are industry connected to the entertainment industry. They don't have to worry yeah, about that. They, they want to go. They can just find somebody that... Cause yeah. The, like, when I found out about the whole panelist world of badges, that's like a whole other world. Yeah, like, that's a whole other world. That, yeah, the exhibitor, panelists, and yeah, that's... Like, because you can, it's not a, like, because, but it makes sense, because if there weren't any panelists or anything like that, then that would kind of, like, there is no con. So I feel like, yes, they have to give those people badges and stuff. But, but I just wonder how, like, uh, like, Topher's told me this sometimes that, that he's talked to some people there, and they say sometimes, yeah, some of the movie studio people, like, if you're with Sony or whatever, and you're some big, big wig there, you just walk up the day of, all right, we need 50 tickets, you know? Oh, I mean, that, yeah, that's that's how it works. I mean... I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I've seen how many badges they give to some of the Hall H panelists. I've personally witnessed that. It's an, yeah, but, but, it's obscene. It's obscene. But, but and, the, but that's what I'm thinking of. Like the years, um, like, and supposedly Comic Con, they're still trying to be like, no, actually, we, like, we can't do that. We told you you need to tell us like two months ago. But yeah, then, you they're know, really like, cracking down. But if they scream loud enough, I'm sure a lot of yeah. these people they're like, well, if you piss off Sony, then what are you gonna do? Like, yeah, I'm sure they they leverage their you know their Hollywood thing, you know. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It seems I mean, like they are cracking down on abuses of the pro badges. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they've reined that in. Um, but um, so because again, as we've talked about, I'm always I'm always thankful every year I get to go as a pro because I'm always worried that that. At some point, it's just going to be over, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. So yeah, I feel like it, they are going to be more and more restrictive, just to kind of cut down the numbers. But but I feel like they are going to always be. I feel like they're going to look out for the little guy, because that's also part of the con, you know. Well, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope that the the comic book aspect and just you know web comics, comic books, and and all that stays you know part of it, because you know I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily somebody who complains about the media aspect of it because yeah, I like to go see some movie stuff and some stuff here and there, but but you have to have comic book stuff. You have to have balance, I guess. So that's and that's tough for them to do, you know. I guess. Uh, 
Well, there's it's still just a there's still tons and tons of comic book stuff, and every comic person you could ever imagine is there. So I don't know what more yeah. they could do to have. But a lot of people go for a lot of reasons, and that's kind of how it is now. Like, you can't force people, like, okay, you're going to buy a Comic-Con badge. What are you <laughs> going there for? Oh, you're not going there for comic Oh, you can't have a badge. Like, that's never yeah, no, going to happen. Yeah. And you people can't need to people. get over that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. I just What, you're just there to go to the Big Bang Theory? Oh, no badge for you. Like, you can't do that. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's okay. But, um... You know what I was thinking of? Have you have you seen this uh, Andre the Giant comic book? I have it. It's awesome. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Box Brown, I think, the artist. It looks really cool. Yeah, um, Mark Bolton got it for me for my Secret Santa gift. Well, I, I have it on Kindle, but it's, it's really good. I love it. Yeah. yeah I was Brown reading through it a little bit. Really, he's a really cool artist, author, dude. Yeah, it looks like it kind of goes into uh, like Andre the Giant's life before he became this big star yeah. and everything. Which he has a very fascinating life. Um, he's he's a really fascinating dude. It's still, I I wish I could have met him. I, I the first wrestling event I went to. By the time I even got to go to a live wrestling event, he had basically he had retired. So because wow. um, I didn't go until 1990, and he was already like not wrestling. Um, but but it, it sounds like him and Hulk Hogan were friends, and and there's yeah. a lot of. Um, my favorite Andre the Giant story I've told this one before was that where he lived in France, his dad was like a carpenter, and like and their neighbor was Sa- the 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 poet Samuel Beckett, and his dad like did some work on Samuel Beckett's house, and so Samuel Beckett became friends with the family, and. Andre was too big to fit in the school bus, and <laughs> Samuel Beckett was the only person in that area that owned a convertible, and so he drove Andre to school, like in the morning. Wow. Like, that's that's not that's a lot. It's crazy. Strange. strange but, like, I just can't. As as a, I'm a big person, and then so I can't imagine. And I've, I I know how difficult things are for me, like with clothes and just even like. <laughs> Even like certain buildings, like I have to crouch through doors, like things like that. And I'm only like six five, six four, six five. Um, so you so like I triple that? <laughs> so I can't imagine what it's like for because like like Andre was like seven two, seven three. Um, I mean his build height. They sometimes I've seen where they build him at seven seven, which Andre the Giant was not seven seven. I'm sorry. Jeez. They always increase. The heights for wrestling, um, but I think he was like seven two, seven three, and I can't imagine what that must have been like for him. Like that, at some point, that's just gotta be, it's gotta suck. Like, well, yeah, it, it, can't, when, when you're you can't, when you're really like, tall you're and wide, also, that's like, and especially when you think about that guy was on the road all the time, so he had to like, like he had to figure out ways to make it work. Like, I mean, he went to Japan on a regular basis. He wrestled all over the world. And and he was a huge, massive superstar wherever he went. Like, if you're under the giant and you want to like have some alone time, good luck. <laughs> like, I, I feel just... like that may be your end to to getting Derek a little bit into wrestling. You you got to give him that book. It, it looks like he might actually enjoy that book. I'll I'll uh, see. I'm, I'm, I don't I don't know. I feel like Derek's a lost cause. <laughs> 
Well, it's kind of a shtick now that he doesn't like it, so he can't, he can't, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah. like to think that it's a stick. Maybe he's just being a jerk. I don't know. I don't think he he's being a jerk. Yeah, from that. But uh, yeah. Speaking of wrestling, um, just some quick. Just wanted to give some quick uh, announcements to people, um, listening. We're gonna do one more Matt and Brendo's wrestling show probably in the next. Well, WrestleMania is next Sunday, so probably sometime soon we'll be doing a Matt and Brendo's wrestling show to run down. The WrestleMania card, and Matt and Matt and I are leaving next week. Yeah, holy crap! Next Thursday, we are leaving on our so the 26th. We are leaving on our Matt and Brendo's WrestleMania tour. I'm super excited. Wow. Is that before? That's before WonderCon. Yeah. Oh. WrestleMania is the 29th. So, so is that's this- it. Yeah. This is two years in a row for you then, huh? Two years in a row. I'm, and then next year it's in Arlington, Texas, and I think I'm going to go to that. Um, wow. That's so, nuts. Because, one, um, I probably should go visit my, my grandpa, maybe. I don't know how I feel about that, but I've probably... You have family over there? Well, my grandpa lives outside of, like, he lives like a couple hours away from Dallas, and cool. we don't... We don't we don't really get along, but he's he's in his later stages, you know, and um, I don't know how much longer he'll be around. So I should probably still good to see him. Yeah, so I should probably go out there. Plus, like I just um, it's gonna be at the Cowboys Stadium, so it's probably gonna be um, like a hundred thousand people. Like that just seems completely insane. And it also very I feel like there's a ninety percent chance that. Undertaker's gonna wrestle his last match ever there because Wait, he's I thought from he Texas. was retired from with no. Brock Lesnar. Nope. Was that that wasn't a retirement match. He is wrestling. He's wrestling at WrestleMania against Bray Wyatt, that ghost, the ghost cult guy. I was we were, Benson and I were telling you about. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, point. Bray Wyatt did this whole big thing where he basically summoned the Undertaker, and then Undertaker like. There, he didn't, because he hasn't actually shown up yet. But they did this whole thing on Monday Night Raw last week that made everybody freak out because Bray Wyatt like uh, did this thing where he took the Undertaker's urn and he like poured it out and he's like, "Oh, see, you're nothing, you're nothing, Undertaker." And then the then all the smoke started coming out of the urn. And I was like, because yeah, Undertaker's basically, if you have to explain it to people, he's like this supernatural wizard. <laughs> I don't know how to explain the Undertaker, but. Um, he's he's a he's an undead wizard, I guess. Um, so he so the smoke starts coming out of the urn, and then like a lightning bolt hits the ring, and Undertaker's <laughs> like, "You will rest in peace." And <laughs> and then um, Bray Wyatt has like this rocking chair that he always sits in, and so the rocking chair appeared, and then it lit on fire, and it was when when WWE goes for theatrics, it's the best. I love it. Like I love it, and Undertaker matches are always crazy spectacles, and especially because because Bray Wyatt also has some supernatural. So now you have these two supernatural characters going head to head. I'm Benson and I are fairly certain something crazy is gonna happen. So <laughs> let me ask you: Did you ever? So what's the status of the Miz? Are you? Do you ever follow him? Or um, well, I mean, he's still wrestling. He's 
He's he's he's one of he's actually one of my favorite. He's I think he's a great bad guy, and he's wrestling as a bad guy right now. So yeah. I don't I I think he's really funny. Um, I I think I know he pisses a lot of people off, but I think that's his job, and he does it really well. Um, yeah, because I know him from you know the re- reality TV and all that. I, yeah. I used to watch Real World, and he was on that. And uh, I've been forcing Laura to watch some of these challenges on on Hulu. Oh, or man, Amazon. you you probably would like. Um, well, our friends uh, Ryan Kane and and a couple of our friends they do a they do a show a podcast called You Killed It and it's about world rules and the challenge and that's all they talk about. Yeah, and and you know I didn't used to like the first couple of ones I watched. I I just like binged on them the last couple of months on Hulu I've never until I realized some of them were on Amazon, which is. Amazon, it seems like the video quality is slightly less, but mm-hmm. it, there's no commercials. Which Hulu, the Hulu, that yeah. their model is kind of not the best. I think, you know, because we even have a Hulu Plus or whatever, and it's, they still have all those commercials. Yeah, I, because yeah. I, I guess you know the companies are greedy and they need money, and you 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 pay for cable, but you still have to watch commercials. I guess that's their explanation for it. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't mind having the commercials, but sometimes the way it like. It, it drives me crazy up. that you see the same commercials over and over again. Well, not just the commercials, but before they go to commercial, they show a scene, and then it, like, hiccups, and then it yeah. kind of shows a little bit of that scene again, and yeah. then it has a commercial, and then it comes back and shows you part of what you already saw. It's like a third time. Yeah. It's like, wait, what's going on here? Like, I will pay another $2 a month to have it be like Netflix or something. You know? I don't know. But, I'm just uh, worried. The thing that worries me about the whole streaming is that it's now becoming segmented to the point where if you want to have everything, you got to have like three different subscriptions. And I feel like that's only getting worse because I now I'm hearing that there's going to be some other streaming service that Apple's doing, and then there's going to be some other one. And it's like, what if they get exclusives that you want, and then you got it? You end up. You, I feel like I'm about to end up spending just as much as if I had cable. It's going to be like cable or DirecTV all over again. It's like, oh, i got to subscribe to this one and this one and that one to watch these shows. And it's like, no, it should all just be one thing. Come on. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, well, well, they're going to do HBO. The HBO one's interesting. If that could be well, cheaper. Well, if that succeeds, that yeah. might be one of the first huge chinks in big cable's armor because basically it's HBO saying, hey, cable companies, we don't need you. And that that will open the floodgates, and that's pretty much huge. So I'm hoping it does well because that could be a big deal. Um, but a, but after that, well, yeah, it could be good or it could be bad, like you said. Then it could just be all these different a la carte options that you have to pay. Yeah. I mean, ten times as much. I actually did just add a new streaming service. What 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 it's did you super add? Niche. I I now am a subscriber to New Japan Wrestling World. Um, oh wow! <laughs> so. So New Japan Wrestling, it's it's Japanese. There's never before this been an easy way to watch New Japan Wrestling without using BitTorrent and stuff, and which I have done because my whole thing was like, well, I wouldn't be able to watch this otherwise. So it's not really, I'm not really stealing from these people because I don't have any legal way to watch their stuff. They were doing pay-per-views on 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 UStream, but the I just I. I it, I never tried it, and some of their shows, some of their pay-per-views, so, like, the way they did some of their streaming is some of their shows, the way they do it in Japan is they have multiple shows as part of, like, one event. So, like, they have this G1 Climax tournament that's, like, 15 days, 
So if you oh, wanted to watch all 15 shows, they were charging like $12 each show. It would cost like $150 to stream the whole thing. Um, oh. And... And so I'm like, well, that's crazy. So they finally came out with this thing that's like the WWE Network, um, but it's all in Japanese. But some people on Reddit are like, well, if you just use Google Translate, you can kind of figure it out. And this guy made like a tutorial on how to sign up. So I did it, and I've been watching. It's it's been amazing. Um, I I don't I it I feel I don't know what I'm gonna do when I have a normal job because right now like I barely have enough time to watch everything that I watch, and I'm I'm unemployed. I have school, but School's only like five hours, um, like twenty hours a week. So, uh, Jeez, yeah, you're you're kind of working on getting out of having to deal with that uh, angry customers. So that's good. Yeah, but um, so New Japan World, it's it's nine hundred ninety nine yen, which comes out to like eight dollars, which is pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty good um, deal then. And then they have they have matches going back to like the seventies. Speaking of Andre the Giant. I just watched a bunch of Andre the Giant in Japan matches, and that's awesome. Like I can just watch those because a lot of them, like some of the oldest Andre, they have Andre the Giant matches from the 70s when he was wow. still like before. Because like in his later days, he really slowed down. Like yeah. what people don't realize about Andre the Giant, like at WrestleMania three, that was like at the end of his career, and he can barely walk. Whereas um, you watch him like in the early 80s and the 70s. And he can like throw drop kicks and like he run was, around the athletic. ring. He's yeah. very athletic, super nimble. It's just because of his condition. His whole thing is like his body never stopped growing. And at some yeah. point, like you just get too big, your heart can't. And so he started having a lot of health problems in the 80s. But like in the 70s, like he, there, there's a reason why he was the most popular superstar in the world. Because it's just, <laughs> it's phenomenal to watch him. Yeah. And. Like, so you, would you recommend that that graphic novel? That uh... absolutely, um, absolutely, highly recommended. Um, yeah. So I've been watching New Japan World, and um, I've been gearing up for WrestleMania by watching some old WrestleManias on the WWE Network. So I got WWE Network, I got Hulu Plus, I got Netflix, and I have Amazon Prime. <laughs> Did you have you ever watched any of those challenges or anything? Well, when because we had um, Derek had Ryan and one of his other friends on the show, and they were talking about it, so I watched it. I mean, it's if I went, I I watched Real World a lot when I was yeah. like in high school. I feel like the last one I watched the whole thing of was Hawaii, and that was like ninety nine. Oh yeah, that tech. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like Ruthie, naked or whatever. Yeah, and Ruthie like they kicked her off the show basically. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, just, I think uh, I watched a couple seasons like Philadelphia, and I saw some of that one with with the Miz or Mike, whatever. Yeah. But uh, so, but then and then I watched some a little bit of Road Rules, but I heard the and then I watched the challenge is just crazy. Yeah, it, it's like its own like weird Hunger Games type thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, uh, I didn't I didn't really like the athletic competition. I was just watching it because because all of a sudden Hulu had the first four or five seasons of Real World, which the really old ones from like twenty years ago. Yeah. And they had San Francisco with uh, Puck and Pedro and. Was and San all Francisco that. the one where the guy like hit that girl, like actually hit her? Or no, was that I Seattle? Think that, I think that was Seattle. Seattle, yeah, Seattle was great. That was one of my. Where he like ones. hit the girl and she like threw. Yeah. I remember there was that. A bear got thrown into the ocean, and there was a lot of drama. 
There was yeah, she threw a drink on him, and then he oh. slapped her, or something crazy, stupid. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I mean, it's all it's all kind of ridiculous stuff, but it's it's it kind of reminds me of being in college and watching those kinds of shows. But um, but yeah, like the challenge kind of grew on me, and it's it's really it's just ridiculously stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And but like uh, all the all the challenges, are, it's always like some. <laughs> like they're always having them like rub oil on each other. Whoever can rub the most oil on each other, you know, wins this challenge. And and then it's you know they also have like double go, dare level obstacle courses. Yeah, it's just completely stupid obstacles. But then they go back to the house and they're completely serious. Like, oh, I've got I've got this game on lock. I've got it all planned out. And like you're just like rubbing oil on somebody. I'm sure you you didn't really have a you didn't know that was gonna happen. Like, come on. <laughs> But uh, but it's it's weird because there are a few people that they show from that they still have some hangers on. Like they had that guy Mark who was on like the first season of, of Road Rules, Mark mm-hmm. Long, and that was like twenty some odd years ago. And that dude is still doing. <laughs> yeah, and he's still doing that, one. That's a weird life, man. Like that. Yeah, and what? yeah, the guy's like forty, and he's been doing it for twenty years. Yeah, he, you know, but you know, the guy's yoked. He's like Lou Ferrigno ripped or whatever, but. But it's just weird. It's strange. And then, yeah, there's some people that get the main guy now is Johnny Bananas, I guess. And this guy has made a career of he's made a career of it. And they always make the other contestants make fun of him, like get a job. And he's like, well, this is this is my job. <laughs> but if you win a few of them, you win. They win like a hundred grand. So let's say if you won like four or five of them in the past ten years, uh, you know, that's decent living, I and guess. Then some but, of these guys do like random appearances. Like I always yeah, kind of like, like various. They, Clubs like and things like that. Thing. Yeah, that reality TV is a strange thing. These, you know, people it's, like Jersey weird, Shore. But that, was, that was the other thing I was thinking about. Like Phil's kids and a lot of these like kids, um, we because like they never have not been around reality TV. Like thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Like that's weird. Yeah, like, I remember the real. See, the first real world, the first couple one ones seemed like they were more. Authentic. And it was like groundbreaking. Like everybody was like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" Like no, just, nobody knew what it was, and so they yeah. didn't know how to. Now everybody's just trying to angle to be, you know, become a star, and there are very few that actually get anything out well, of cause, it. Because, like, because what are their actual skills? Like these people can't act. They can't like. Yeah. Do it. Like most of them are just you know the only thing so, that bothers me too is, is the first couple seasons it was like kind of regular people and now it's always like people it's just they're just drinking yeah. alcohol and they're all like six pack abs and like you know beautiful good looking yeah. people or whatever but it's kind of weird like, like when Real World first started I could have been on it but now like no way any, <laughs> anybody yeah you felt like anybody could have been on it and it was more relatable yeah and. And MTV just dumbed itself down, kind of. By, you know. Well, a lot of people think the real world was the beginning of the end for MTV, and some could argue that point pretty well. But yeah, <laughs> when you but those first couple seasons were pretty entertaining, and then yeah, you know, and but then it was like a harbinger of what was to come. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and that's it's almost like that was like a precursor to a lot like social media and you know Twitter and you know. Uh, Tumblr and all that stuff, like it's it, it, it's almost coming from the same well. Yeah. I don't know. This, so this as far as reality TV stars, though, you got to give Miz his props because, I mean, he is a full-time – he basically has done everything he set out to do, which is – Yeah, when he was on the real world, he was, ta- he was just joking around about his Miz character, and you're just like, yeah, whatever, but he, he made it happen. Yeah, and he, 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 was, he wrestled at WrestleMania in the main event – as the WWE champion, like that's 
crazy <laughs> for a dude that got his start on a reality show. Speaking of 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 uh, and then you had that Hogan knows best that. Uh, oh my god, Hulk. that show freaked me out so bad just because I'm like, I think Hulk Hogan's yeah. in love with his daughter. Like I really yeah. do. It was That's really weird. disturbing. How many scenes of Hulk Hogan rubbing like lotion on his daughter and other stuff? I was like, this is disturbing. Well, and it seems like he kind of that like, kind of like ruined his so life. He ruined. He well, he ruined his kids. Like yeah. those kids don't have a chance. It was really weird. I was watching WCW Monday Nitro from like 1996, and Hulk Hogan oh. brought out little Nick Hogan, and I'm like, oh, little Nick Hogan. Oh, oh poor, you poor, poor little bastard. Well, yeah, that's another thing I think the reality TV um, thing has done is people think you just add, you know, just add celebrity or just add water and become a celebrity and that'll, that will help you. But uh, all indications are to the contrary. It does not improve your life. It, it seems like for many people it, it, it only makes your life worse, <laughs> you know, so... Crazy. Well, I like my. I, I mean, I can't talk. My favorite show is probably Storage Wars, and that's basically a reality show. But I, well, I yeah, yeah. But it. it's I, I. Any show where people are buying and selling things, and you find out how much things cost, and I'm no, I, I. Those shows are like addictive. They're not. They're definitely not good. And but but like that that one's probably better than a lot of them. You know, they have the food shows and stuff. But uh, I remember with Topher like years ago like 10, 15 years ago, he had the studio and we, we would watch this show because he had a TV in there. Uh-huh. And they had this show on called Married by America. I don't know if you remember this. No. Uh, it was people literally that vote on these people to get married. Like they just, they set up, you know, and again, it's a handful <laughs> of pretty good looking people. And then they just say, all right, who do you think Teresa should get with John or should Brittany get with Greg or whatever? And, and, and people would just vote, and they'd show, like, a pie chart on the screen of who voted for who. And then, supposedly, they had to, like, have courtship, and that was nuts. That was, like, the running man craziness. <laughs> we are only a couple years away from running man. Yeah, it's... Isn't, that, it's, isn't running man, like, yeah. next year? Isn't that 2017? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what they said now after the Back to the Future thing, the running man... Next is Running Man, um, so everybody get better get ready. But, I feel like uh, we're yeah. not. I mean, what do you? I don't know. I mean, as much as people joke about that, I'm like, how far are we away from Running Man? Like, that's that's the well, next well, level. Here's, here's a, you want to talk about the future? Here's a stock tip for people. What I, what I was reading that you need to invest in the companies that make like pavement and road asphalt and stuff because they said these autonomous cars, these self-driving cars. They're saying that's you know that's going to be in the next twenty some years or whatever, and apparently they're going to build a lot more roads when they have these roll out. There you go, hot stock yeah. tips from Brian Epidaka. Yeah. yeah, this is what I was reading, but uh, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, self- I, I I hope the self driving car things worked out. I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense. Did you see Hot Tub Time Machine too? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. You? They have. Yeah, they have a thing about. I, How I, was it? It was all right. I, you know, had some. Funny, I just didn't. I didn't know how it was gonna be without Cusack. I mean, I love Adam Scott. I love everybody in that movie. I just. Yeah. I don't. It, it's I feel like it was a one movie premise. I don't know. It's if not as good like as yeah, it's not, Really it's not stretching it. Have, yeah, it's not something you can have a Marvel shared universe out of. That's for sure. But uh. Speaking but of it was, Hot Tub Time Machine, Clark Duke, huge wrestling fan. Yeah, I heard you. You were mentioning that to Derek on the other. <laughs> 
you guys were listening, rattling off all the celebrities who were into <laughs> wrestling. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I just actually yeah. just saw an episode of Lucha Underground where they prominently featured Clark Duke was there, and you'll appreciate this as a basketball fan, AC Green yeah. was there. Oh, nice. And, nice. and this is going back to I again I I so he I've got I'm glad to know that AC Green's still watching wrestling because in 1996 he was on Monday Nitro wearing an NWO shirt, getting in everybody's <laughs> face, which was pretty funny. Well, I remember when Rodman went on there. He, he went on. Oh, a few well, times. he wrestled. He wrestled. This is Dennis Rodman wrestled Karl Malone on pay per view. Oh man, yeah, Karl Malone was into it too, huh? Yeah, he was like a big, big wrestling fan. Yeah, and it's funny because Dennis Rodman and Karl Malone watching him, I think they actually took it really seriously, and they could actually like put on a match, which was nuts. Yeah, like yeah, they well, took it. You know, well, I remember. Thing, yeah, you have to, like, Fact that they, you know, these wrestlers have athleticism, and, yeah. and it's not, it's that was, not easy. I had totally forgotten about the big controversy because Dennis Rodman actually missed bowls practice during the playoffs <laughs> to, to wrestle to appear on Monday Nitro, and like it was a whole big hubbub. But WCW got tons of press because of it, so mission accomplished. Wow. Like, because they were like on yeah. Sports Center and all that, all that stuff. Like now, I remember you. I know you mentioned that you were like a Padres fan when you were younger. But did did any of you get? Did, did you or do you think Benson or Derek ever been to an NBA game? Um, I went to a Lakers game in high school. Nice. Oh, I um, went. That was. This was back in the. This is probably your heyday as well with Van Exel yeah. and Vladdy and those Lakers. Yeah. The that Lakers was my that favorite. Never. That never <laughs> did anything. They never won anything, but you know, I, I was always I was sad. Like in, the, they finally won it again, like in 2000. And I was yeah. I kept when they won the championship. I was hoping that like Kobe or one of the guys was gonna say, "Well, we want to thank Van Exel and Vlade for laying the groundwork to get us here." But you know, <laughs> they didn't care. It was a totally different team. I heard the Lakers but, uh, are bad now. Is that true? Yeah, they're kind of back to. I, I'm enjoying it as a Lakers fan. I I don't mind like because you know, I guess it's kind of like the Comic Con. Type I was there before it was big, you know, but yeah. I just kind of like it uh, in that. Well, it was weird because there's a about the Padres because they're the, the Padres have perennially. I mean, they've gotten close a few times. The, the Padres yeah. like always build. It seems like they get good like once every ten years, and yeah, then they trade. and then they almost get there, and then they end up having to get rid of. They they've they've got they have their one season where they're like, all right, we've built for this. And then they almost make it. Like I remember the last time. When was that? Like when they had that play. They had to have a runoff with the Rockies, and and then they lost. Well, I remember and they're in the World Series. Was it? They're like in the World Series. Was in '98. That was the last time they're in the World Series, and they got swept by the Yankees. That was yeah. when they had like Ken Caminetti and those guys. That was when there was still lots of roids going on. Um, yeah, you said you're you're a big Tony Gwynn fan and. Well, Tony Gwynn's my favorite baseball player. Is him and Steve Garvey. Even though Steve Garvey did used to play for the Dodgers, um, <laughs> I I was there when Steve Garvey hit the home run in '84. That was like one of my first baseball games I ever went to. Steve Garvey wow, hit a home run, and yeah. yeah, I was four. And uh, wow. and they they went they got they 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 went to the playoffs and so and it was awesome. And uh, and then so they were in the World Series in '84. They got swept. 
They were in the World Series in 98, got swept. And in between 84 and 98, there were a lot of losing seasons, and that was when we had, like, season passes to the Padres. And I remember just going to a lot of games where there was, like, half-full stadium. But I loved it. Um, yeah, well, I, I went to – I used to go to Dodgers – or not Dodgers. I went to Lakers games with my dad at the Forum in Englewood. It's my, uh, my uncle or my grandma's brother lived, like, a block away, so we used to go park at his house mm-hmm. and walk down to the Forum – and it was awesome because you could, uh, you know, like the Staples Center and all the arenas now, you have multi-tiers. And back yeah. then in the forum, you could just sneak, like you could sneak down when it was like the game was like out of hand. Or <laughs> One time we got there late, like half halfway through the game, and we managed to work our way down. We were like really close to the front. And then, the you know, people started leaving, and the game ended up going into overtime. And it was, yeah, I don't know, it was exciting. And that's one thing. Anybody, man, if if you ever had the chance to listen to Chick Hearn, who was like the radio announcer for the Lakers, he was he was amazing, man. He was like mm-hmm. the Jack Kirby, you know, of basketball. Yeah, he was the, he was the guy. Basketball. He was the guy. Yeah, he was the big guy. And like, well, now they have and they have the the, Do- the Dodgers guy is really you know has been around forever. Um, yeah, we yeah. had we had Jerry Coleman in San Diego, and he just he passed a couple years ago, but he was a great announcer. Um, yeah, and that, and that's the crazy thing. Like you listen, I, I listen to a lot of sports radio. I'm mean, not a huge sports fan, but I just I pass out to it. And uh, it, I mean, there's a common thread there with comics and you know with fandom. It's just like people who are hardcore fans of something yeah. else, but but they're super geeky about that. Stuff, yeah, that's. You know? I've always argued that if sports fans, because you know, there it seems like if you're a super like geek nerd, you're not like people look down on you for liking sports. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the anti-sports thing that's gotta stop because we like as a as as kind of a hybrid. Like I mean, I'm not a huge sports fan these days, but I've gone in phases. Um, there's way more similarities than there are differences. And if people would just relax, I mean, I think it goes back to the whole jock nerd thing, and maybe some of those lines will never be crossed. Yeah, but, but uh, there's a whole the whole fantasy basketball or fantasy oh, football. Oh, fantasy that's sports crazy. is like the nerdiest thing in the world. Like Yeah, that's super, you know, statistics. That's, that's it's Dungeons and Dragons but with sports. I mean, it is. Yeah, and that's, what it is. that's crazy that it's that's like huge that fantasy football is like driving the that's why football that and gambling and stuff makes yeah. football this huge hugely popular. Well, I've never funny. been I was I was talking to a guy cuz he was giving me a heart. He was like, "Oh, you're into the comics and these video, what kind of video games are you into? And I was like, oh, I play a lot of RPGs and this stuff. He's like, well, I only play Madden. And I was like, and he's like, I'm like, well, that's cool. Like, do you do you make your? Did you do? Because I know like a lot of those um, EA games now they have where you can like create your own guy. And I'm like, oh, did you yeah. create your own player? And he's like, oh, heck yeah. And I'm like, oh, so you brought him in and you leveled him up and he got experience <laughs> and he developed. He's like, yeah, yeah, it was great. I'm like, that is a role playing game, dude. <laughs> Like, the more he yeah. thought about it, he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm like, yeah. Like, that my yeah, career it's, mode, it's the my the career mode is a role-playing game. You're building up your team or your guy, it, it, and you dress him up the way you want. Like, come on. Like, come on. We're not that different. That's kind of how yeah, I like to... You should, you should listen. I was listening to this. I, I was listening to this podcast the other day, the Rolled Spine podcast. He used to talk about comics and everything. All of a sudden, the guy started talking about the NBA because I guess he tweeted that there's a general manager of the Houston Rockets, is Daryl Morey, 
and he's like really big on analytics where they just do all the statistics for players and stuff, try mm-hmm. to figure out who's best for your team. And so Daryl Morey, I guess he'd been tweeting back and forth with Rob, Rob Liefeld. And, uh, oh, wow. and so this guy in the podcast is like, I want to have a podcast where I talk basketball with Rob Liefeld and comic books with Daryl Morey, the GM of the <laughs> Rockets. And he's like, I wonder if I... <laughs> He's like, I wonder if the GM of the Rockets, because he uses analytics, I wonder if he used analytics when he traded comics when he was a kid. And then (laughs) the Rockets GM responded to him on Twitter. He was like, no, I kept all my comics. I didn't trade them. I have a warehouse (laughs) full of them now. (laughs) That's awesome. Speaking of Liefeld and those guys, I noticed (laughs) you recommended my podcast to Eric Larson. I wonder if he's going to listen to it. He's had a huge... Have you seen that huge controversy thing on Twitter going no. on right now? No, what's going on? He just deleted his Twitter account because he got into this, like, debate somehow, and then they went, like, nuts on him. I don't think he was... Everyone's, like, saying he was being sexist, which, you know, I, I didn't read all the tweets and he stuff. He has done some controversial things. Yeah. Well, just look at the artwork, but but I think... He, wasn't he the one that went off about cosplayers? No, no, no. That was uh, there was another guy. I think Tony Harris. Or oh something. yeah. Okay. But but Eric, Eric Larson, Larson goes good. off every so often. But That's he's like totally cool. Thing. But Eric Larson's totally cool. At least for me on Twitter, like I, he's very like I ask him questions. He's he's been mm-hmm. totally cool with me, and uh, and you know I think his point was like like here's here's the point he made. He made like he said if you take the Christopher Nolan Batman costume and the 60s TV show Batman costume and put two boxers of equal skill in them, the, the guy in the 60s Batman costume, TV show costume, would actually beat the crap out of the guy in the Nolan or the or the modern Batman costumes because, like, armor and stuff. And he's saying, like, they're saying, well, you know, it's sexist and you're, you're showing too much skin for the female characters. And, you know, I, there could be a point to that. But basically, like, Eric Larson and... And Campbell were saying, J. Scott Campbell were saying that, well, it just looks weird when you have all this armor on them, and it would be more functional. Like you show an Olympic athlete, like a, like a female, female running track, like that's not sexist. It's just functional for them to run. Yeah, but so the dudes they, uh, get all the armor. It is weird in a world where all the the dudes have tons of armor and the girls are wearing like their underwear. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, that yeah, I guess that's weird if you have like a cable type character with all these belts and pouches and and shield all this crap, and then you have a girl and you like have an Psylocke. Yeah, that that's a little odd. I'm sorry, yeah, that's, that's not practical. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah, the the the, the G string is not practical, but just like you know having like you know clothing that's flexible and stuff, and not having all the bulky stuff. Yeah, and I was like, well, you know, I guess all the male superheroes would have to wear a cup if you're going to be more, you know, <laughs> functional. But I don't know. But yeah, I felt bad because he 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 just started getting like hammered on, and like you know maybe some of the stuff. But he was criti- I guess it was like he was critiquing the new Wonder Woman design, and mm-hmm. then whoever works on the new Wonder Woman book like came at him and was like, hey, you know, I like the design, and so he got in a debate with another comics creator, and but then all these people were piling on, and then so now he's just kind of quit it for now and he's he's on Facebook but I could see uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how any of these comic book guys or anybody the fact that they can f- interact with fans at all, considering there's so many crazies yeah. out there. It's um it's 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 I, I give them all props for putting up with yeah. Well that that brings us back to freaking Comic Con where we talk about the 
the uh, people that go nuts there and the hardcore fans oh, there. Gosh. Yeah. But, well, the, the 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 my new thing at Comic Con, Phil and I have done this the last couple years, is how fast we can see a nerd meltdown at Comic Con. <laughs> and lately, we'll um, as soon as you get in there, um, <laughs> we've seen we've seen you know they they are because you as soon as you get in on preview night, there's already like a mile of people with the like waiting for exclusives, you know, yeah. like that Mattel line. And like those exclusive lines that are like wrapped around the outside of the. Um, I wouldn't board. even know how to do that. I don't even know. There well, must be a. Yeah, they board. basically here's what they do. They camp out like they've been there since like Wednesday morning or even some of them Tuesday. They yeah. get it. They're the first people in the exhibit hall as soon as it opens. Then they run and they get there. So they're so by the time because like we take it easy. Like I don't. I don't. I'm not the first person in there. I usually wait for that initial rush and then yeah. I'll go in. And and so without fail, the last couple of years we get in there and we've all, we you'll just start seeing people having complete meltdowns in the exclusive lines, like just flip. And I'm like, it's preview night, lady. Like if you're already having like this, you're because they're they're angry that the Infinity Gauntlet is sold out or whatever. It's gone or somebody cut in front of them or something. And there's like full on nerd rage, like just full. Like well, I I actually went to try to get something for a friend and I just gave up because yeah. It was like a mo- angry mob. It wasn't just like meltdowns. It was like angry people shouting like the oh, guys yeah. like, "No, you gotta go back and get a wristband." And they're like, "No, we gotta we're gonna wait here." Well, the whole the whole system is nuts. I mean, like for I know the way Mattel does it is you like you wait in line and then you get to draw a ticket that gets you a chance to get a exclusive. So you have to wait for a chance for a chance, basically. Wow. Like it's this crazy level of like. Because Derek was trying to get some stuff, and I just watched him go through all that. He's like, I just waited in line, and then it turned out it was a line to wait in for another line, and then if you you may get a ticket, and he's like, I'm done, I'm just done. Yeah, when I, I walked up, I, I was like, well, there's no line, it's Hasbro. And they're like, no, you're at the wrong Hasbro booth, it's that Hasbro booth, and they pointed to the left or whatever, and it was just chaos. Mm. and The uh, whole thing's thing. Yeah. But it's just, it's just... Crazy! It's just, it's just fun. It's I guess it's not funny, but just some of the things that people freak out over at Comic Con. It's just like yeah, the, the when toy you see exclusive. people, especially when you see people freaking out on preview night, because I'm like, oh, you got a long way to go, man. This is a marathon. You got to treat like, it like that's that. Their preview night is like their Super Bowl. That's yeah. it's like for, all over for the exclusive for them after people. That. It's all about that, and they get their stuff, and then they're done. But then when I see somebody. Like who's flipping out about just waiting in line for like like I remember waiting in line for a pro badge and this guy was just having a really hard time with like waiting in line. I'm like, if you can't deal with waiting in line to pick up your badge, um, you're gonna have a bad week. Wait, was like, he was he mad? You were saying earlier that he was mad that people were mad. Like I'm a pro, I shouldn't have yeah, to wait in line. Yeah, or? exactly. Yeah, every wow. year I get I see that, and I'm like. First of all, there's That's lots weird. of everybody in this line is a pro. So, and then also, if yeah. you can't handle waiting in a short line to pick up your badge, you should not be here. <laughs> Honestly, the last few years that line has been super fast, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. They, there was fast. a couple years where it was bad, and I yeah. feel like they've gotten it under control. But I'm like, if you can't deal with waiting in line to pick up your badge, that's all you do at Comic Con is wait in line for stuff. Everything. Yeah. That's like, that's not. There shouldn't be a problem with that. If you can't handle waiting in lines, you're gonna have a bad time. 
Like, do you, do you just... think you would ever, like, if you, for some hor- horrible thing, you didn't get passes for all four days, would you do, like, uh, what, what is that thing they have? Like, the guy from uh, Chuck or whatever? Uh, oh, well, Nerd Machine and stuff? Like, yeah. Well, I heard, I've heard they might not be doing that this year, but... Um, yeah. Well, I would totally, oh, I would totally go down, because there is so much stuff going on. I mean, yeah. Nintendo Lounge alone, like, holy crap. Like, well, yeah, the the girl that you helped uh, get a pass for, Maggie, she last year she went, but she didn't have a pass for Comic Con. She went to Nerd Machine like two or three days, and it sounds like those some of those panels are really cool. Well, they have like, tons of panels, but those sell like you pay for them and they sell out like right away. But instead of like you have like Hall H level people, but it's like a oh, yeah. three hundred people or but something. Then, and then, but then they, I mean, there's so much stuff. There's the Geek and Sundry Lounge. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There's like the whole. Cartoon Network area. There's like all there's like all the food trucks. There's um, yeah. I, I tried that Nintendo Lounge, man. That was too much for me, man. <laughs> I was like, it gets it's, it was last year was the I think I think the the secret is out on the Nintendo Lounge because every it's gotten progressively crazier. Was um, it was it more mellow a couple years ago or? Oh yeah, like the first year they did it, Phil and I like practically lived in there. It's gotten way more crowded. But it's still, if you have a 3DS, like, you can just sit there and just keep getting Street Pass tags forever. It's great. Yeah, um, I saw a lot of people sitting I'm there. I'm looking forward to completing, way. I'm looking forward to completing all my puzzles um, <laughs> and things like that. And then, I don't know, Phil and I have just always, I mean, the free soda room is still my one of my favorite yeah, parts of Comic-Con. That's still a pretty good secret. Every year, I'm wait, I always hold my breath a little bit when we walk in because I'm expecting it to just be crazy, well, but... It was more crowded last year, but they, it seemed like they had more staffing, too. Yeah, so. but they still... It's still... I still feel like that place should just be crazy, and it isn't. And yeah, I think that's another one of the unknown things. It's because it's, it's, it's at the Marriott, yeah. and I guess a lot of people just don't... But there's, again, there's so much stuff going on. Not to mention, like, if you're a movie fan, you can probably, if you're really dedicated... Because they do like test screenings and free screenings of like every movie, like you can yeah, watch they're... all the summer movies if you're really dedicated and you don't mind waiting in line for several hours. You can watch like all the movies, and they do all kinds of screenings in the area, like a Horton Plaza. And there must be places. some underground network where people like, well, yeah, the screenings, but then like also like just seeing all the celebrities, like this girl that Maggie that went down with us last year. She did the Nerd Machine stuff, but then she had friends that she met up with down there, and then they got to get pictures with the Sons of Anarchy people. And yeah, well, then you see, because then there's, because you, have you seen that group of people that are always waiting by the uh, Bayfront? Yeah, they're, they're hang, there are people hanging outside by the Hilton over there, just waiting I, for I by the parking entrance That's kind of sad to me. Like, yeah. that's what you're going to yeah. do this whole time, is just sit there? Because yeah, there's because, that one, and then there's the, I call it the paparazzi exit. But there's like a the back door to the uh, to the Hard Rock, which yeah. the, I didn't I didn't even know this was a thing until because the Residence Inn is right up from the Hard Rock, and so we were walking and I saw like this just army of like autograph hounds and paparazzi, and they stake out the back door. Of, was it like these uh, like TMZ types or? <laughs> it's, it's a combination of that and just like crazy yeah. stalker fans. 
And yeah. so I'm trying to get to my hotel, and this dude comes out that door and just runs into me, and then <laughs> and then looks at me and gets in like this van, and it's freaking Matt Damon. And then, I, and then I found out, I'm like, oh, this is the back door to the... Because a lot of the big, big, big celebrities stay at the um, Hard Rock. And yeah. and so their back like, door, that's where... Like, yeah. you see, you, that's where all the, like, they, they you see them escaping into their van, like, their, their like, cars and stuff. But, um, but yeah, like, I've had some of the... <laughs> my, now, didn't, didn't Benson meet the Game of Thrones guy or something? Oh yeah, Benson met George R. R. Martin, but he was just in the lobby of the Hyatt. Like yeah, that's nuts. that kind of stuff happens all the time. Like yeah. Um, and I I remember I remember one year, um, I met like four wrestlers. I met like Rob Van Dam and the Hurricane. And then while we were talking to Rob Van Dam and the Hurricane, Scott Ian from Anthrax just walked up, and I was like, Whoa! like, <laughs> and he was started talking to Rob Van Dam, and I'm just like, oh my god, like. Yeah, that so was like things like that happen a lot, and my my favorite random, even though like it wasn't really anything, but um, but one time I was with Matt, I was with Cohen, and we were walking on like Fifth Street um, at like 10 p.m., which I just like walking around downtown like after like the exhibit hall closes because it's just a you just a people watch. It's fun, and Nuts, it's just yeah. like. It's nuts, and you never know what you're gonna see, or um, what's you know. It's just fun, and there's like a lot of people out there, and you got all the like street performers and all that other stuff. And that and is interesting. Talking like you said, we meeting people like we met, we met, and yeah, you just talk to people from like all over the world, and they're all into the same stuff you're into. It's great. Yeah, that's um, that's really fun. I mean, that yeah. that's probably more fun than a lot of the panels and a lot yeah. of the. Celebrity. It's just cool to to meet people and talk yeah. to them. It's always fun. Like I've 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 gotten to talk to had some great conversations and like a hall H line or other yeah. things like that. Like it's fun. But so walking where else down. You, where else can you do that in life? Yeah. You know? And then and then you so you do that and then like I I was walking down Fifth Street and I bump into this girl and she looks at me and I I couldn't put it together at the time but then she smiled and kept walking and and then. Matt grabs me and he's like, "That was fucking Hermione, dude." <laughs> it was <laughs> Emma Watson. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was pretty. That was that, so. Like I saw right into that. And then the other one year, I was standing on a um, on a corner right by the residence, and I I went to like ask this girl like what time it was, and then I, I didn't ask her because it was I noticed she had security with her, and it was Anna Kendrick. And wow. then I was like, "You're cool," and I kind of kept walking. But like, she's awesome. But yeah, my friends. There's stuff like that all the time, all the so time. The girl, the girl uh, Chloe Moretz, who plays Hit Girl. You saw her getting out of a limo or something. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's dumb stuff like, but then also it's just it's a good time to hang out with all your like. And again, as you talked, as you said, like, but those aren't even the best times. Like, the best time I've ever had at Comic Con is probably when, like. We were we were debating on going out or staying in, um, like this was after hours, you know, and we had this was when we were staying at the residence, and a bunch of us just hung out and watched TV and we had yeah. some beers and but just it was a good it was like it's like being at summer camp like yeah I like I like that whole communal experience when you got a few people in the room and there's and it seems like during Comic Con they always have like just random like we we saw like Troll Two on TV or there was like some. 
The yeah. Cartoon Network always has like little updates like about Comic Con and I mean that's when you knew like I remember that show the OC they had like a Comic Con episode <laughs> yeah and then that's Entertainment you know, Weekly started like... covering like yeah Entertainment Weekly started covering it and then then you now what's they a have their Comic Con issue like that's when you're like okay this is a big giant deal. Yeah, now it's like, just totally mainstream. People when my mom's like adult friends are asking me about Comic Con, and these people are like from the Midwest that have no idea, I'm like, okay, wow. Like, yeah, it's it's crossed over into this mainstream thing. And maybe this is like our annual thing because I remember last year we had you on and we talked about Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. I well, I figured, yeah, I figured let's have a little little Comic-Con. echo of that this year. But, so, uh, but so just so I guess we got, I guess we're we're running out of time here. Yeah, yeah, and, we um, should. I should let you get to work, do some of your work stuff, and, uh, and I can get some let's sleep. Wrap, let's wrap this up. Um, so, you're again, you're going to be a WonderCon, um, small press, zero... Yeah, well, What is it? Yeah, zero one or zero zero one. Either okay. way, SPO one. And then you're and, on the uh, web, yeah. zombieoutlaw.com? Yeah, it'll be under, yeah, zombieoutlaw.com and uh, facebook.com, zombieoutlawcomic. And uh, I'm also working on a... Thing for next man up, but that's still in the works. So, and then you're on so, yeah, Twitter, and I'm on Twitter. Yeah, Captain Midnight, C A P N underscore Midnight on Twitter, and yeah, we uh, Benny is not, is not here on this podcast, but yeah, Benny and I would really like to see you guys at WonderCon. And now WonderCon is kind of like this is probably the last days of WonderCon being somewhat not crazy. So. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is the time to take advantage of going to WonderCon before it gets totally nuts like Comic-Con. <laughs> so the last days of the of the completely non-insane yeah. WonderCon. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right. I, that's um, the thing. Yeah, I think that's still under the radar just enough, you know. Yeah. Like Yeah. But yeah, you guys will be there. Well, and I'll probably go to the con- if you guys uh are free, any anybody uh uh, the last couple of years, we've gone to this Comics on Comics panel with the comedians, and last year you guys went to that. They had the Rob Rob oh, Van yeah. Dam there. They had Rob Van Dam oh. there. It was cool. And I hope I don't know if I'll be able to go to it, but you guys got to tell me about. Uh, I definitely Tomatoes. want to go to Rotten Tomatoes because we got to bring Phil back because I think that'll be funny. Yeah, um, if, I, if I'm not there, yeah, you gotta you gotta film it or you gotta let. I want to hear about I, it. We'll on try. The we'll yeah. try to do that, and then. The, I know the first panel, so they announced, they haven't announced the programming schedule, but they've announced little pieces of it on the Toucan blog. Um, yeah. So they just announced the, some of the TV panels, and on Friday there is going to be a Last Man on Earth panel at 5 wow. o'clock with Will That's Forte crazy. and those guys. And I know Phil's going to want to go, so I'm pretty sure we're going to be going to that. Um, and then awesome. our panel, um, Web Comics Advocates, we're doing a panel. It's Saturday at 4 o'clock. Um, okay, cool. It's at 4 p.m. Because they're, they're going to be doing a bunch of panels in the... Um, is it the Marriott right across? Yeah, I think the Marriott's they, like across the street kind of. Right no, the there. one the one like right next to the convention center where they have like that food court. And well, stuff. the Hilton's right there. The Hilton, that's what it is. The Hilton's the closest, I think. The yeah. Marriott's the closest. So yeah. the Hilton Grand Ballroom, um, I think is what it's called. They're doing a bunch of panels in there, and we are doing one there on Saturday at uh, at, at 4 o'clock, and um, you should check it out if you're going to be at WonderCon. We are going to be doing one more episode with Phil. It'll probably, we're going to be recording, I think, the Monday, next Monday, because I leave on Thursday. So yeah. we're going to record on Monday. Phil will be back, and um, 
we'll do the normal. So if you're missing out on all that Amazon, if you want to hear Amazon purchases <laughs> and things, all the things that stuff, we will be back next week. You gotta hear about the orchard and uh, and see it. Make sure he left the hose turned off and stuff. Yeah, I think he. he I, I I think he made sure that this time around. I, they, he's been pretty good about that. Um, so, so yeah, so 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 thank you, Brian, for being on the show, taking Phil's place for this week. I know I kind of sprung that on you. Yeah, but, well, uh, no, thanks. I appreciate having me on, man. And uh, sorry about all the technical issues the last couple days, but uh, man, we managed to get it together. So. I don't have anything else to do, so it's okay. I mean, like I said, my only obligations right now, I have class in the after in the evenings, but other than that. Well, yeah, well, I hope it's going to be a pretty cool swag bag for you guys, too, for the Popsicles crew and, and Phil as well. So uh, I got oh, some cool work in brewing right now for that, and I hope hope to see you guys there. It's going to be pretty cool at WonderCon. So uh, thanks again for having me on. I'm and, excited. Uh, well, thanks, we'll talk Brendan. So for Radio Brendo Man, I'm Brendan Creasy, and we've had Brian Apodaca. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, sir. And have a good one, everybody. Oh
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Hello and welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson. And I'm resident uh, Spielberg fanatic, Justin Kezon. And today we're going to talk about... Duel. The Sugarland Express. Jaws. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 1941. Raiders of the Lost E.T. The Extraterrestrial. Twilight Zone. Indiana the Jones and the, the Temple of Empire. Indiana of Jones and the Last Crusade. Jurassic, Jurassic Lost Hearts. World. Obviously. Saving Private AI, Minority. Catch Michelle Intelligence. The Terminal. Of the Indiana Jones. The Adventures of Sinjin. The Sugarland Express. Indiana Jones. Catch me. AI. Steven Spielberg. Ben on Spielberg. New episodes dropping on the 15th of every month at BenviewNetwork.com. I'm Mark from Comic Nerds Unite, and this is my hetero life mate, Tim. What's up, Mark? And what's up, world? Comic Nerds Unite is a comic book podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing nerds together to talk comics. So we pick a book or graphic novel that we all read and discuss it at length. Then we talk about some of the books we read for the week. I love comics! Me too, buddy. Check us out on ComicNerdsUnite.com or on iTunes. Comic Nerds Unite! G'day, I'm Kev McCauley. And I'm Bev McCauley. And we run the Dinner Party Small Talk Comedy Podcast. We got all kinds of comedy. We got situational comedy. We got observational comedy. We got improvisational comedy. But we don't have puns. No! If you want puns, then you can rack off. If you like puns, then you're an idiot. Wait, I like puns. Shut up! So listen in to our new episodes every fortnight. Kind of. And if you don't like it, then you can get stuffed. Dinner party small talk. Where the big issues take a back seat to dinner party small talk. Yep.